0: Welcome to the Arena Decklist Podcast. I'm Jerry Thompson, joined by Brian Gottlieb. And I don't think we have a ton to talk about
1: in the beginning of the show. All right, let's wrap it up then. Nice joining in, in you. In the today. beginning. The uh, beginning, Brian. My mistake.
0: There's still dude, I know you're eager to get out of here and do God knows what, yell at people on the internet. I don't know. No, but,
1: I've, I've done enough of that this week.
0: Uh yeah, not not a ton to talk about. And uh we're we haven't talked about Pioneer in a while. So I just knew for the last few weeks, I mean, obviously there's like the Standard Pro Tour, which we didn't really talk about Standard that much because a bunch other stuff happened. But uh, it's it's been a minute since we talked about Pioneer, and I think it's time.
1: Yes, looking forward to checking in on the format. Came dangerously close to playing a Pioneer event this past weekend. Uh, by dangerously close, I mean I located my deck, which was untouched for approximately six months. Confirmed it was there. Uh, yeah, that's as far as I got. I, I mean, I did, I did have the thought process that I looked
0: Yeah, you it. thought about it.
1: Yeah, but after that, I gave up. Why? Uh, I don't know, man. It was nice out. I was doing some work around the house. Uh, you know, the pond is in its stage where it requires a lot of maintenance right now. There's like this algae bloom going on where I have to run a big razor across the bottom of the pond. And then I take this huge rake and I just dig wheelbarrows full of this seaweedy type material out and haul it for eight hours a day to the, the back of my woods. So no, thanks. I, I got a full schedule right now.
0: Okay. Well, uh, the upcoming RC is pioneer and there are some RCQs going on right now. Some of which are pioneer. So
1: I didn't realize we were this far out on RCQs. So the RCQ is going on now qualify you for the event in December. Yes. Quite a stretch.
0: It is a stretch. Um, I guess this is like three PTs a year territory, right?
1: But do these RCQs run for a little bit long? Like, when does the season end is my question, I guess.
0: Uh, I honestly don't know the answer to that. Okay. I know that they were about three months long. Okay, the so they're a
1: pretty long bit. season.
0: Yeah, it's, it's long-ish. I mean, it's not, you know, seven months long or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah there's there was a bit of a lull in there probably, but like if they wanted to stretch out the season, I could totally see that too. But
1: you're always looking at it. Like, is the general time frame. you're always looking about three to four months until you're the event you've qualified for.
0: Like I have won this tournament and now I just sit for four months.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, like how long was it for the one you won?
0: Well, I didn't go to the RC, so I don't really know, but I also won like the first week. Yeah. Right. So like, yeah, you have the entire rest of the season, and then maybe a little bit of lead time. But like, I guess, for example, for this one, the season ended in April, like the beginning of April, and then the RC is beginning of June. Okay, so yeah, a couple months, maybe if you win the last one.
1: So this long stretch is uh, not the ordinary approach. I'm I'm just trying to like understand their time frame and like how often they fire and how long the average wait periods are and all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. We were talking uh, about this a little bit before the cast too, is like all this stuff is tied to DreamHack.
1: Yes. So that probably dictates a lot of that, right? Just like when is the next DreamHack scheduled in a location we want to go to.
0: Right. Because I can't imagine that DreamHack is making their schedule based around like the regional championships or whatever. Definitely not. No. So, uh. I don't know, interesting stuff happening in Pioneer. And I think the biggest way to just get the, or the biggest best way to get the big picture of the format is just good old deck dump.
1: Love it. That's where we get into the good nonsense that's going on. We'll see the top decks as well. Uh, I think this is exactly what I need to get me back to speed. And you forbid me from doing any research. I haven't been allowed to look at these deck lists ahead of time. So I get uh, flash reactions put forth.
0: Yeah there there are a couple cool things it's not quite like modern where it's like oh my god like look look at these decks right um there are a couple cool things that i just i didn't want you to be spoiled on
1: okay i'm excited to see what we have in store
0: and, and unfortunately uh the the first list that we get into is just a normal looking
1: i've seen this
0: mid range from uh myra double uh one invasion of Asgol, which is the edict. Yeah, And other than that, normal.
1: Forgetting about that one Shildred in the sideboard too. Just plain old Shildred.
0: Oh not, okay. not the
1: apocalypse.
0: True. Uh I mean
1: Shildred's good. It's just yeah, not- that, that card's doing exactly what I thought it would,
0: to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. Is it's just not as fancy as, oh, like you got you got some battles in your deck now. But like the, the battles. They've been doing pretty well in Pioneer, all
1: yep. things considered. So yeah, pretty well in multiple formats. They seem to be uh, a successful experiment thus far.
0: Yeah. Uh I guess what I've been doing recently is like is playing limited. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh there was I've heard a lot of good
1: things about this limited format. Is, are you as much of a fan as some other folks are? like I've heard actual GOAT limited format statements before.
0: It is, it is really good. Uh I, I do enjoy it and the battles, I I wouldn't say are like a big part of it, but it it does add a very cool, like very impactful layer to the format. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's just like it, it's just one of those kind of like guiding lights as to like what the format is about, and I don't know, just it, it makes it feel. Uh, like, certainly there are a lot of cards that are, you know, the, the classic like creature two for one sort of thing. It's really tough to run out of gas, period. But then when you add the battles into the format also, and then you get the format like a bunch of, not a bunch, but like a decent amount of good fixing and like multicolored cards. It's just like, you don't run, you don't run out of gas. The mana's pretty good. Uh, you have a lot of agency over like how you build your deck and like what sorts of cards you include, what sort of strategy you're trying to do and stuff. So I I like it a lot. Battles are a pretty big part of it. And I'm happy to see them show up in Constructed, especially like going back into older formats.
1: Yeah, let me ask a a further question, two-part question. Uh, One, would you be happy if battles are just evergreen and in every set going forward? And two, do you think they will be? Um,
0: I would not be surprised if it's something like every other set mm-hmm. or at least, uh, cause so they're, they're DFCs, right? And I mean, obviously these are battle sieges that could change into something else. I don't know, but the requirement to have like DFCs in every set might be kind of high. I don't know.
1: Don't feel like it is any like such a high percentage do you have DFCs at this point? Um yeah. I I will say I wish that sometimes Magic showed a little bit more restraint with their cool ideas. Like there's a lot of ideas <laughs> that have been very cool that just get kind of run into the ground, they get run into the ground quickly. So this being a cool idea, I think it would be more exciting if you just didn't do it all the time. Uh, as far as what I predict they will do, a lot of the groundwork they laid seem to be setting up for this to be like a pretty permanent thing. So I, I think yeah. I'm expecting to see more battles sooner rather than later. I don't know if I'm of the opinion they're going to be in every set going forward.
0: Yeah, so, I, I don't I don't think that they drop this and then immediately cool off on it. Yeah. You know, I, I would imagine that they're going to be in at least the next few sets going forward, which yep. means that there'll be a lot of them.
1: That is my um, guess as well.
0: But but I'm I'm fine with it. I, I think that it's it would be more weird to have like a random bomb battle in limited. It's just like think about the mm-hmm. older formats where your opponent has a planeswalker and you're just like, Oh, I wasn't ready to deal with this because this is not a normal part of the format, you know? And Yeah, but it, does
1: don't battles kind of fix that issue to some degree? Like they engage on the very typical axis of the game.
0: I mean yes and no but it's like if when when a format is about battles you understand that it's not so like traditional limited is slowly kind of like building up and getting mm-hmm. to a point where you can either like outlast your opponents or uh kind of like turtle up behind something for a while until your more powerful cards take over but battles very much like either if you're putting them in your deck or like trying to defend them like certain things matter a lot where it's like well being able to curve out matters a lot more and maybe having some sort of way to gain evasion might matter a little bit more or like ways to defend against flyers etc cetera, etc cetera. and like those things come up uh also when you're fighting against like a random planeswalker right whereas you might not include like a plus two plus two and flying combat trick in your sealed deck because it's just like a little weak on average. But like when you know that you're going to be fighting over like battles or whatever, it becomes maybe like a little bit more important than it was. Right. Mm-hmm. So it they, they just like fundamentally change how you build your sealed decks and what sort of cards you include and things like that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So when they're a big part of the format, I think it's fine if it's driving around it, yeah. a lot of the stuff. I understand that you're what doing. you're saying. That, that's all I'm saying. Anyway, this is this is a little off
1: topic. Yeah, as things usually go. Yes. We almost made it through a full deck without going oh, off topic.
0: Almost. A- anyway, deck number two, Tia 93, Mattia Rizzi. Uh, is it creativity? A lot of different versions of this. This one is interesting because the creatures are two, attracts a grand unifier. So. Creativity for one is, I mean, I guess you could do it for two and just like let the other it die and you just draw 30 cards or whatever, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird where you could play Transmogrify and maybe better mana, but it, it feels like a lot of the lands you want to play are just going to be like, is it dual lands anyway? So how much are you really costing yourself by playing Creativity instead of Transmog? And then you get the, the additional benefit of... You're not always locked into like a single target thing.
1: Yeah, there's also something interesting going on too, which is something we haven't talked about all that much because we just like kind of see attracts and we're like, oh yeah, obviously attracts is the best thing you can ramp into, accelerate into, cheat out. But your attracts hits suck in this deck. Like they're just so bad. It's it, like you don't want another creativity after you have put your first attracts out. I am maybe one well, is fine, but like
0: I, I, th- I think it's if you. Uh, okay, so first of all, creativity hits artifacts, right? So I guess that's an added benefit too.
1: Whereas yeah. Transmog
0: is only creatures, so okay, yeah, yeah. Right, I get it. That's that's fine. But yeah, I think if you do it for one, you get your Atraxa, and then you have backup creativity for if your Atraxa dies. That's reasonable.
1: Yeah. Anyway, continue. Like like if if you hit one of the creativities, but like my point is, you're not putting many cards into your hand with Atraxa. Like it yeah, just doesn't work that way.
0: It's probably four. Well, I mean, it's probably three,
1: but yeah, I mean, it, it's like max four, right? Yeah, like I, okay. I guess you could hit second Atraxa, but
0: you could, but y- even then, you you probably don't want don't
1: to want to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, it's this this one's weird. It's just like okay, big. Big Bane Slayer Angel is, right. is the thing that we want to go with. And yeah,
1: that's that's my point. Like, I, I know you don't have to build around, like, maximizing your attraxa hits. That is completely not necessary. But it just stands out as particularly bad in this deck, your Atraxa hits. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily matter, but it is something worth noting.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not as splashy as Xenagos World Spine Worm or whatever. Yeah. But if there's a lot of aggro decks, I think that turtling up behind this thing is pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And how how castable is this thing? Not very. I mean, not, like Fable, I think it's not. Yeah. Fable can get there, and then that's you have a little yeah. help from Prismari Command, but that's about it.
1: Yeah. All right. Maybe it does happen from time to time.
0: Uh, dude, Fable fixes all problems. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. This this one is interesting, and I I trust Mattia honestly.
1: Yep. Well, that's fair.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I think I think that this is pretty normal I think that this is definitely a good thing to be doing in the format and I think if if you were able to solve all the problems with is it cards in general then I I think you're you're just gonna have like the best deck in the room almost certainly
1: a lot of powerful stuff going on here for sure
0: yeah uh next up gruel aggro a croan war a Zika's chariots etc
1: yeah not a lot of change in this deck uh i still don't see a lot of reason to play it but here it is i mean if you want to finish your leads really fast that's cool
0: Uh, yeah no i mean that that definitely matters if you're just the the sort of person who's on there grinding for the sake of grinding and not Mm -hmm. necessarily like trying to have the best win rate or learn the most uh or if or if you just want to play like elf into a three drop and beat the crap out of people i think that's feels
1: good sometimes
0: yeah uh, Izzy ninety blue white control Brian. There's going to be a lot of blue white control in this deck. Okay, I'm happy to hear that. It it's gotten better. I've not been a fan of this archetype. Yeah, what
1: exactly has gotten better? Because this this deck uh, looks still very not good to me, <laughs> and like and that's I'm saying that as someone who played this deck a lot and like enjoyed playing this deck a lot, but acknowledged it was still very not good.
0: Three things. One, uh, most of these decks are only playing 60 cards. Uh I think that is a big get, uh, because then you get to play the best four-mana sorceries (laughs) that you could possibly want. Uh, Number two is make Disappear as a viable two-mana counterspell versus just relying on Sensor or the various flavors of Negate.
1: Sure. Sure.
0: The other thing is Lay Down Arms.
1: Yeah, Lay Down Arms is a big get.
0: And it's weird because then you have to play things like Prairie Stream. But uh 26 lands, 18 of them, I believe, are planes. And you're not really looking for a lightning bolt sort of thing, like a turn one removal spell out of this card. It's more so just that on, you know, turns four, five, six, you get to double spell with regular yes,
1: efficiency is very big in this type of setup.
0: And if you're investing a bunch of mana into like casting a memory deluge, you need ways to catch back up and finding some cheap cards off your memory deluge is the
1: best way to do so. Yeah. 18 planes. Not bad either. I wish we could like get to 19, but we do have the castle Vantress in there, which we can never cut under any circumstances. Uh, dude, so... I,
0: listen, there is a lot of stuff with this mana base where I'm like, really, like, you're playing this over just a Just nothing
1: we can do. Hands are tied, Gerald.
0: Like, the Ardenvale, I understand is a card that is relatively important, or can be, but, like, the Castle of Vantress is just like, cut that for a fabled passage, please.
1: Seems uncuttable. I don't know.
0: Or another Hall of the Storm Giant. Whatever. I don't know, man. What? I don't get it. Anyway, uh... Yeah, I, th- I think the deck has gotten better. That said, I'm still not a fan. I would much rather be doing like controly stuff plus explosive top end, yep. not controly y stuff. a uh, sure hope that, I don't know, your your deck kind of ceases to function after I deal with the first couple things and I will slowly kill you with the Wandering Emperor. I don't really hard, like that plan
1: too much. It's hard for me to talk myself into pure control when there exists uh, viable combo control. Yeah. Like, I think that just is almost always a better approach. So
0: yes is it over azorius for life
1: eh, for now i'm not gonna say for life you have a life to that hard but for
0: life all right next up the jk kid mono blue spirits uh six curiosities mm-hmm. 21 land 24 creatures lofty denial guys snare slip out the back this seems pretty normal to me
1: yeah nothing too exciting going on here um uh... A lot of what this has picked up it picked up in some previous sets and uh, things like removal spells with witness protection and at some point you'll just get enough of these weirdo cards where this deck will be legitimately good and it, it, i do think it's a hard out for a few decks in the format like it does target um some specific things very very well and then other things it just completely folds too so yeah with
0: I don't think I've ever seen a successful deck, like a deck where I'm just like, that was, you know, the best list of like the best deck in the format where it, it has copies of sleep in it. Mm. And this one has two copies of sleep in the sideboard. It feels like if, you, if you're at the point where you have to take those measures.
1: Yes, sleep points to a problem you cannot actually solve.
0: Right. It's like, oh, well, this is the best thing at doing it. It's like, yeah, you're still going to. Yeah,
1: just just don't do it. <laughs> Strew up your other matchups, do something else.
0: I've I've done it. I've played Sleep. You know? And it just it literally never works. No. Not, not Solve your problem game. some other way. Uh next up is a deck from Mevignon. Uh 60 cards. And when you see Carnival Carnage, you know it's Karuga. And this is uh Fires of Invention, Enigmatic Incarnation, uh Domain thing. Uh enchantments plus birthing pod targets, effectively.
1: Yeah. Uh I I think I have said my piece on these type of decks. Like they sidestep part of what the format is about. They ask for a very specific term of engagement from your opponent. And this feels like the type of thing where you make a meta call and if you make a good read on the field you end up with a bunch of really, really easy matchups. You hope to dodge the few bad ones in the room. That's the type of role this deck is always going to fill in my eyes.
0: Yeah, I like this deck in general, but it does feel like it kind of has the blue-white-ish problem where it's like, ah, oh, finally, I have like wrested control from you. And I, there's like this three-turn window where you're like, I hope they don't kill me somehow.
1: Yeah, let's see you beat this. Kotose the Silent Spider, and that's that's your best offer, and you're like, oh, you did it, okay. I well.
0: I will say the Kotose is like one of the few cards in the deck that actually might be able to just like lock it up against someone. You know, it's like you you've managed to not die, and now you just need the way to like I don't know, make it so they don't kill you with a a top deck or like assembling their combo or whatever. And like this this card is actually a clever ad, I think, but okay not saying it's good, not saying it actually solves the problem, but, like, I, I get why it's there. I'm it getting matter.
1: some sleep vibes from this card, honestly. Uh
0: but, but. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you might be right about that, but I don't know, man. Just uh, Karuga in general, I just kind of despise, you, But I will say that this deck gets around it in a, you know, pretty nice way by being able to play stuff like Leyline Binding, right? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Uh, no, these decks have gotten better at cheating that problem, for sure.
0: But, you know, Carnival Carnage, yeah. Not great. It does it does kill elves. If you're really worried about elves, but it doesn't kill things like Monastery Swift Spear or whatever. So yep. it's it's always gonna be a little sussy to me.
1: Yep. I understand.
0: Uh okay. Next up, interesting one from uh Dimitri QED. Blue Black. There has been a rogues resurgence in Pioneer. Yeah. Did you know this?
1: Yes, I did know that on the back of Fairy Mastermind for the most part.
0: Yeah, and this one is a Fairy Mastermind deck, but not a Rogue's deck. It is Suspicious Stowaway, Graveyard Trespasser, Mastermind, Three Shieldred, Two Tassiger, and then Blue and Black cards.
1: Yeah. Strong cards. I mean, powerful cards. I mean, at least cards were that were powerful when I was good at magic, so maybe not powerful anymore.
0: <laughs> Push Thoughtseize, Liliana, Make Disappear. Spell Pierce, I don't know, just a little blue-black tempo deck.
1: Yeah. I mean, what's been your opinion of Fairy Mastermind playing with and against it? I It has gotten a lot of love in older formats. It, it is a card that stood out to me as just like one of the most exciting cards in a long time for its simplicity more than anything else, and just yes. like how simply it captures uh, a very a very elegant gameplay style, uh, a very simple gameplay style. I don't know that I expected it to be as good as it has proven to be like I, th- I thought it would be solid but it, it's proven to be a lot better than that
0: I don't know It I've mostly been disappointed with like the two mana two power flyer sort of thing it just seems like a little too weak in the aggregate but certainly there's a lot more going on here than just that you know
1: yeah I mean how often does that that clause, the draw card clause, how often are you working for that? And how often is that just like annoying free roll that you're slotting into your deck?
0: Um, I mean, I I think when you add four copies of this to your deck, you don't have to work super hard into playing a, a big, you know, like this, this would be like the old standard example. I'm not saying you should apply this here, but like the scare of God type of thing. It's like, you don't really need a top end when you have this to kind of bail you out in the middle late. Like this is your, your castle lock on a card mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you would hopefully already be uh, wanting to put in your deck, you know?
1: Okay. So I, I, I guess I like this, card, of it. this card does look most exciting to me in the decks that are actually utilizing mana on their opponent's turns very well. Like I, I want this to be in more tempo oriented decks and like less just, I don't know good card decks, and this one seems to kind of hedge the difference. Like there are the spell pierces, make disappears. You're certainly wanting to play that game, but there's also things like Liliana's, and then your three mana and four mana drops. So it's it's kind of playing back and forth with those ideas, which is fine. If you get that mix right, you can absolutely do it. Uh, I suspect the best shell though would be a, a little bit more singular in its focus.
0: Maybe I uh, I don't know. We we poo poo on graveyard trespasser all the time. I. Basically, poo-poo on suspicious stowaway a decent amount. I know that you were a fan of that card, but yeah. uh despite it making it into like vintage cube or whatever, I don't know if it's vintage cube or legacy cube or both. It's just like eh, I don't I don't really like this card. But uh yeah, I, I think we could maybe do a little bit better than this, but certainly there is some appeal in just like, all right, you know, good. Black mid range threats. Um, some of these Rakdos decks are splashing counter spells to deal with things like Lotus Field a little bit better, and like the four man enchantment decks and stuff like that. And this is just mm-hmm. like, well, can we can we just cut out? You know, I, I want to say the middleman, but it's it's Fable the Mirror Breaker, right? Like that that is the card that yeah, fair enough. You're basically getting rid of, and it's like, eh, uh, technically you can. I don't know if that's the best way to go about things, but you can't do that.
1: If you want to save on tickets, I'm I'm assuming Fabled Mirror, Mirror Breaker's a lot of tickets.
0: So. Uh it was sixty at some point. I don't yeah. I don't know what it is now. I'm I'm a check. I'm curious. Forty seven.
1: Okay. Very reasonable price.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Next up, King Harry. Nine swamps, but four Hive of the Eye Tyrant, four Castle Lockthwaite. Four Castle Lockthwaite with nine swamps, really. That's four fine. mutavolt. One Takanuma four Crip Breaker Baby.
1: Yeah. Zombie. Zombie time. Yeah. I mean, you're you're the zombie guy. You gotta be excited about this one.
0: I am. Uh Razor Lash This Is
1: a zombie. Very nice.
0: Artifact zombie. Again, I, I don't know what that means, but it is it is technically a zombie. So that gives you a little bit more of a beat down stance. Uh couple Lord of the Accursed, Champion of the Perished, Graph Reaver. Kill a planeswalker. Eh. Yeah, I don't know. This seems fine, aside from the weird mana base, which I'm not a fan of. Like you have 12 one drops, you know? Like I get Castle Lockdwain is just the best thing of all time. But like four castle, four hive, that's a lot.
1: Asking a lot for sure.
0: I like this. I'm I'm curious if we can get a, a away from Relentless Dead a little bit. Four always seemed like a lot of that. Uh, Dark Salvation's really good. This one only this deck only has two copies, but I don't know. I, I like this. Feels I'm a tempted. lot like a
1: standard deck. Feels a lot like a standard deck.
0: It does, but again, you got pushing thoughtsies. You know, you can kind of do whatever you want from there.
1: That's true. That'll steal you a lot of five Os and leagues. That's for sure.
0: All right. Uh, Iz. Similar approach. A lot of planes. A lot of humans, including uh, Coppercoat Vanguard. Is this the card? Yeah, 1-dub, 2-2, two, two. Human Soldier. Each other human you control gets plus 1, plus 0,
1: and has Ward 1. Oh, this is our aftermath friend, right? It is
0: our aftermath friend. So, nice. humans has had many forms in Pioneer, and... I think now with this card, there is enough power level to the point where you need to make a very compelling argument to be anything other than just mono white.
1: Yeah, is is the argument that, like, ossification is your best removal spell when you're mono white? Like, is is that just acceptable for this format?
0: I think so. I mean, it's it's not great. It's not perfect. Ideally, you would have like a one or zero mana removal spell, but ossification
1: is quite good. This deck. Yeah, I guess you can't play lay down arms because you're trying to race. Are you trying to race, or are you actually trying to just like build a large battlefield presence and actually lay down arms would be better?
0: Yeah, de- depends on the matchup. I mean, I could see something like you could sideboard some lay down arms or something.
1: But... Yeah. That's interesting. But, there are I mean, like portable holes in the sideboard. Yeah. Cheaper removals.
0: Like removing. A Kiora instead of having to attack it a bunch of times is certainly reasonable and like yeah yeah that's when, true. When you're playing four muta vaults, how often are you actually gonna get to remove like an old Growth Troll or Cavalier of Thorns or whatever? Yeah, I'm right, not sure. it's just like having the actual hard removal spell. Uh, when when things get pretty big and like Children certainly a, a big, uh, difficult to remove thing with five toughness, right? So.
1: Yep, that's fair. That's fair.
0: So I don't know. Two mana, definitely a little clunky, especially you know, you're playing Thalia in your deck too, so could cause some problems there.
1: But if I wanted to buy a copper coat vanguard, what would that cost me? I'm just curious what like cards from aftermath are are costing.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's an uncommon, but right. what does that mean?
1: Yeah, it's it's forty-nine cents in okay. its base form. Uh same price in foil as it is in non-foil it goes to 75 cents for foil etch if you're curious about the showcase Halo foil that's going to be five dollars now if you only want showcase that's 75 cents of course if you want the showcase foil not alternate foil that's going to be one dollar dude calm down sorry okay. I, I just thought we were talking about the price of the six copper code vanguards that exist oh okay
0: uh prices for aftermath stuff seem pretty reasonable at least for singles.
1: Yeah, they do. Tells me that enough is being opened. Nyssa proving to be the most expensive card, it looks like.
0: A lot of elemental love.
1: Yeah. Yep, that makes sense. Anyway. That's also interesting because that shows that, you know, prices on this set being dictated by older formats, as you would expect. Like, nothing has changed here.
0: Right. Anyway, uh, I I like Mono White a decent amount. I don't think it is you know, tier one, like it seemed like for a little bit there when it was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is the answer to mono green or whatever. But this is
1: a fine choice. Yeah. Yeah, it seems powerful to me. Powerful options.
0: All right. Blink underscore us. Uh <laughs> Enigmatic Incarnation. Touch the Spirit Realm. Karuga in the sideboard. Uh this one with Bone Crusher Giant instead of Carnival Carnage. And no spicy Katoses or anything, but... Yep. Uh, yeah, I so guess this is very little black. There's a single Rafine's Tower, and that's it.
1: A pretty similar approach, but just some... Uh, what is it? You have to be 10 cards different? Is that the correct count these days? That's
0: what it used to be. I don't, I don't know what the deal is anymore, because like I said, there are a lot of blue-white decks that show
1: up. Yeah, this looks 10 cards different to me, but uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that as we move through.
0: I think I, it was... Before, it was, like, non-land cards, too, so... Uh, Is that true? I thought it was, but... Yeah, I honestly don't know. All right. Uh, Mattia P9, another blue eye control deck. This one with two copies of Chrome Host Seed Shark. Uh,
1: Can you explain this card to me? This card is one that I do not get.
0: The Shark Rules.
1: Shark Rules. Okay. It's that simple, I guess. Yes.
0: Uh, There will be no seed shark slander on this podcast
1: yeah but it's just like a stupid two four that i don't know man no immediate impact unless you play it in the late game which you can always do and i understand that and so is this like your five drop is that is that what the plan is here
0: no uh this is four toughness on turn three pioneer has some issues uh in regards to like removal sizing
1: uh, and we're, this is how we're countering three twos and whatnot, like things like blood tithe harvester. Yeah
0: um okay this that is, makes sense to this me. this is not dying to bone crusher giant this is yeah. very difficult to kill with fatal push
1: well that's cool I, I mean honestly the way i look at cards nowadays like that's how i used to look at cards be like oh this sizing is very important for this format and now it's like shut up idiot it doesn't matter what size it is it's, it matters like does it draw you 14 cards when it comes into play that's how and, you determine if a card is good or not but if sizing matters oh well, eventually it could but if sizing is the main thing driving this card then i I'm excited to hear that. And I, I believe it because it is a quite relevant sizing when you think about the other stuff that matters.
0: So my issues with the previous blue control decks were again that like, oh, I kind of took control and now you have a few turns to turn it all around. This thing closes the door pretty quickly. And there are some weirdo uh, backdoor combos with like, March of otherworldly light where it's just like if you want to just jam on this thing, fireball.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: So it's cute. I'm not saying that is a reason to play it, but if I had a choice between playing blue white, basically no creatures, or playing blue white with this sort of like monastery mentor plus aspect where it's like, well, you can actually kind of go beat down, or you can have this thing that is it. It has utility as a finisher and as a blocker early game. Like this can be it, a defensive <laughs> spell if you want. It to
1: is play. funny that you reference Monastery Mentor because you you could just play that, right? Like you actually are choosing to play Sea Shark over that.
0: Yeah, but Mentor dies to everything, and you yeah. could you could play Mentor before. Like Mentor dies to everything, and it doesn't block well. Yep. So this gives the deck another angle. Like this this is the sort of card that. Oh maybe you would like sideboard in against Rakdos because you expect them to take out all the removal or whatever but it generally doesn't matter and most of the high level tournaments you play these days are just open deckless anyway so who cares like mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter and if if you don't have much to do on turn 3 and you jam a sea shark and they power word kill it or something like that's still a fine mana exchange for you and that's all you're trying to really do is buy time you know it's not like oh i enabled their card that would be previously dead it's like eight of their lands are creatures or whatever so it like they're not going to get caught with a dead card necessarily and that's going to be the difference maker right and they also have like bankbuster and blood and fable yeah, and whatnot to sift through all case. that stuff so nothing yeah. is dead anymore
1: yeah okay you did a good job selling me i'm also intrigued because i feel like i could buy just like three cards and have this deck and be ready to play it and uh, i wouldn't have to think much either because i can just play decks like this in my sleep so this is a potential candidate should i attend a pioneer tournament for me to play with
0: cool uh also this one has two copies of change the equation and three make disappear not messing around with any sensors which i like a lot and change the equation is pretty solid And then this one is also trimming on Absorbs by a lot. There's only one copy, and I think that's great. Yeah, Uh, that
1: card always felt very clunky to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are definitely, you know, you play against Mono Red, and your Mono Red opponent doesn't know that Absorb exists or whatever. Like, yeah, it might be the best card of all time. But it's a really hard to cast Cancel, and you're already playing, like, some copies of Field of Ruin so there's there's just a lot that could go wrong it's just really clunky and i like just getting away from the cancel aspect being a little bit leaner
1: yep makes sense to me
0: oh uh, yeah I, thought, I don't know it's like the main deck is like pretty smart so i'm looking at the sideboard looking for inspiration and it's just like ah, oh, there's some weird stuff here but i'm just gonna assume that this this person knows what they're doing
1: I always yes. take the opposite assumption, but in this case, I'll, I'm willing to do that.
0: Well, just based on their main deck, I'm like, oh, okay, like this This seems heads up, you know? No Castle Vantress?
1: I'm Jeez, in. Now, that, now they're really blackballed as far as I'm concerned.
0: All right. Protopulse, mono green, now with uh, Plucrinus Reborn.
1: And a Vorinclex. I guess. I just like saying Vorinclex, Now that I know how to say it, so I, I bring it up whenever I can. Yeah, congrats what uh what's your stance on this deck now has anything shifted do you believe in it more do you believe in it less I mean Belucro is obviously a significant pickup
0: yeah um I think that certainly Rakdos is the default like you're gonna have to beat this a bunch of times if you want to win a tournament kind of thing but mono green is still the litmus test for the format I think mm-hmm. as far as different sorts of things that you have to interact with and what sort of clock you have to put your opponent on, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that right now people are kind of sleeping on this when maybe they shouldn't be. But Mm. also it, it does look like just a lot of the decks have gotten better in general to the point where you don't have to try as hard to beat this, but you still do have to respect it.
1: I like that I don't have to think about sideboarding i play this deck just good to go
0: no that's fair but you have to think about you know the different variations of things to do when you have like eight mana nine mana ten mana you know every single difference in mana and what you know what your opponent has what you have it's infinite possibilities so yeah you don't have to sideboard it's just when you play the actual games your
1: brain gets fried oh i just consent to doing that wrong like that's fine and then I'll, I'll move on from there. But you could do that with sideboarding. I could. That's true. So,
0: what's the difference? I don't get it.
1: I don't know, man. I, I'm just, I'm here for a good time, not a long time, Gerald. I'm trying to find ways to simplify my engagement with magic. I want sideboard guides. I want fewer sideboard decisions. I want to pop in, not have to rebuild my deck, and just be good to roll.
0: Well, it sounds like <laughs> you were able to do that if you had wanted to with your. Six-month-old Lotus Field deck,
1: but well, I started thinking about that one card that uh, Lotus Field has added since then. I don't have impulses either. I probably do have old impulses. Somewhere. Yeah,
0: you just That's gotta find try. them. Yeah. Uh, next deck is from Dead Baby Unicorn. Quite sad. Uh, Rakdos sacrifice three Omnixilis captive kingpin.
1: Yeah, we did it. We called this one. I don't. I don't know that it was a big leap, but uh, I'm. I'm excited to see this card, and I believe it's probably pretty good here. Yeah. Exactly here. I do, too. I
0: don't think that this is how I would build these decks. Like, I don't know. Epic Ears and Blood Tithe Harvesters. uh, Two copies of Omnixilus, the Adversary, with not a lot of good ways to enable that either.
1: Yeah, dude, I just want one drops I want so many one drop like I want to max my culture and familiars I want to max my epicures probably I like I just like having these hands that say okay I will always be able to play all my cards and then the value inherent in my deck is what pulls me ahead I don't need uh I need some expensive things but as little as possible just so I have absolute fluidity across my turns and doing multiple things and I I think like ob fixed fits that bill very well like we talked about it in comparison to something like corvald I think this is the perfect Curve Topper, so I'm completely fine just being like, I play some Obs, I play some Fables, and uh, probably some Blood Tithe Harvesters too. I think it's just kind of too good not to play. But for the most part, like everything else is ones or at the core of my engine, something like Mayhem Devil.
0: Harvester's good for sure. I I still like Priests of Forgotten Gods, and especially going through a lot of these decks. A lot of them are creature-based, but... Yeah. I don't know. Sideboard is interesting because it is a Gigantha deck, and... The card that I wanted uh, back in the day—this was probably about the time that you were playing Lotus Field—was a threaten for Mono Green to get rid of the bigger stuff because mm-hmm. the the actual Terminates are not that plentiful or good. And Carrie uh, Zev's expertise at the time was the best one. Mm. But now I think there are just like there's like the new threat that, that gives you a treasure if it hits them or whatever. It's like that one seems pretty reasonable to the point where you don't have to compromise Jigantha, even though Gigantha is not necessarily that big of a deal in the Mono Green matchup or whatever. But anyway, this, this deck has one Necromentia and one Meat Hook Massacre that disabled the Gigantha. So it's, it's interesting to see that there are matchups where it's like, oh, I want this one card that is just gonna shut off my companion, but we're still playing the one companion
1: you know man i'm just thinking about i so i've never played a companion in paper before never done it and now i'm just thinking about the realities of like i reveal my and
0: then cast a bb card
1: yeah like i i would certainly do that and it's not because i'm malicious it's because i'm an idiot right and i i like there's no question i would have done that uh if i was dabbling in companions these days and
0: i'm I'm terrified know. of it
1: yeah it, it seems really dangerous i i there's so many problems with the companion mechanic uh to say nothing of just like how they impacted the game just man what a what a bad idea I will reveal
0: Gigantha uh okay uh does your deck fit the criteria it's like yes source yes. trust me bro
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would never lie to you
0: yeah come on come on we're all friends here right uh, next deck is another blue eye control deck uh, no sharks two absorbs okay so we're not all four absorb gamers I do like that decent amount of make disappears one change the equation uh, this seems pretty reasonable to me outside of the omnipresent Castle Ventures
1: what about those regal carousels in the sideboard that's that, oh. that word caracal
0: I think it's caracal
1: okay
0: uh, it's technically a card. It is. It is legal tender. <laughs> like you, you, can put it in your deck. It's uh,
1: pumped by your Kahira that you have in the sideboard. Another fine companion.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess that's the reason to not play the shark. I guess you have Kahira to charge up your marches or whatever. But uh, I don't know if this is like for a mono red thing or you just want like a bunch of different cards for Rakdos, like oh, you have a fable? Well, I have like a five mana worse fable.
1: Yeah, this this card can't beat anything in Pioneer. There's no way. Like, not fair.
0: I don't know. It It's not... I've seen worse. I will say that. But... okay,
1: Ringing endorsement.
0: It, it is very sleep-esque, where it's like, if this is how you're solving your problems, it's, it's probably not great. It does yep. not bode well for you.
1: Seems correct.
0: All right, Lagerbon, sixteen mountains, lot of goblins, two Embercleaves.
1: Just checking the goblins here, seeing who we're working with.
0: Uh, Rundvelt, Horde Master is the yeah, good one. that's
1: the big one. That's that's the ad, but this is just goblins straight up, right? There's there's nothing tricky I'm missing about this deck. It's just I play my goblins and I attack you.
0: Yeah, that's it.
1: Okay. Can we go to the next one then? Because that does not do it for me. I gotta tell you.
0: I don't mind goblins. I don't I don't think it's terrible. For whatever that's worth.
1: Would, would you ever register it for a tournament?
0: Uh probably not for a big event, but so like when we lived in Seattle and occasionally we would go to mocks, right? If I I had all the cards for this deck, or if I was only missing like some Horde Masters or whatever. Ready
1: and out on your desk. Not uh, like if they were put away, you wouldn't go get this deck.
0: No, no, no. I'm I'm saying if I had to like dig up all the stuff and acquire four Horde Masters or whatever, I would show up to a random weekly with this.
1: I don't know. This is the type of thing that I would like talk myself into once every six months. And then I'd play the event and I'd be like, that was dumb. Why, Why did I just spend my time doing that?
0: Uh, it's fun, man. Life is about experiences, right? It's, you don't necessarily have to check every single experience off the list, but generally, the more you diversify, the more kind of like full your life gets.
1: Oh, that's a nice growth mindset, Gerald. And you I'm know? happy to see you bring that to your magic deck selection. Of course, this is all theoretical magic deck selection because neither of us leaves our house to play magic events anyway. So Correct. Yeah, that makes it easier to expand your horizons a little bit more.
0: Hey, I will say last weekend, I think it was last weekend. I don't know what time is. Did you uh,
1: also think about playing a Magic tournament?
0: I, I literally did. I just didn't leave my house for it. I oh, okay. I qualified for the arena qualifier. Oh, that's <laughs> right.
1: You're back in you're back in the MPL. I forgot about yes,
0: that. Yes, yes. I uh I played that for about an hour. <laughs> and then there's an arena open this weekend. That's also sealed that I'm going to be playing in, assuming okay i might play that assuming that i'm conscious at 9 a.m
1: yeah i could see playing that i I like the arena opens they're good
0: yeah that's solid uh i'll i'll ping you i'll see if you're awake see if you want to battle send you a little reminder
1: yeah give it a shot all
0: right next up bob 49 this is it this is your time to shine brian
1: ready to go baby four lotus fields not a lot has changed you love to see it keep it simple Get out there, Lotus Field some people.
0: <laughs> make it make it so I can just keep the same seventy-five cards yep, in my deck box have for to six months. That one up.
1: I'm looking. I, I don't have Dragon Lord Drumokas in my deck box right now, nor do I have zakamas. Uh
0: well, thankfully you don't necessarily need them.
1: Yeah, I don't feel like I do. And I would have to go find my impulses, like I said, but I, I think that's manageable. So yeah, we're pretty much ready to go here. Ready to play this deck again. I don't know if it's good. Um It can't be bad. It's never going to be bad. That's my opinion on Lotus Field. It's always going to be a check.
0: It's kind of similar to how I feel about Mono Green. Maybe not the default best thing to be doing, but it is a litmus test of the format. And you might not play against it in any given tournament, but you should be prepared for it.
1: Yeah. Pika said he came to my neck of the woods uh, here in upstate New York and showed up for like a 30 person 2 slaughter. And there was, many lotus fields in the room which i almost added to
0: i i believe there's three of them which is a Could decent amount four. for
1: 32 people but yeah 10 of the field eh, that's got to be about average that can't be that low right is it fewer than 10 percent of the field playing lotus field
0: yeah I, th- I think that's high
1: uh that's that's weird to me what was it at the last pt it was above like 15 percent, right
0: pro tours and rcqs are much
1: different uh, uh point taken that is fair
0: We've we've talked before about how no one wants to test with or against Lotus Field, right? Yep. So Yeah. And it's just like a bunch of weird ass cards, right? It's like uh, what are the odds that you buy all the horde masters and pile drivers you need to like fill out your pioneer collection? You know, it's the same deal with Lotus Fields. Like, am I gonna own like you don't even have Zakama and Dramoka and the random crap that the kids are playing these days.
1: So. I, I think I have them. I don't have them in my Lotus field deck box right now, uh, but I, th- I think okay. I own these cards. Okay, fair.
0: Anyway, uh, kid in the office, 10 mountains, a uh, lot of prowess creatures, uh, I don't know, some light up the stages and skewer the critics and whatnot. It's
1: a nice looking burn deck. I mean, I'll, I'll just ask you, is burn good right now? These cards look good.
0: I don't think so. Okay. Uh, so there is there is like the obosh phenomenon for yeah. a little bit, and the thing I didn't like about that was that you lost Eidolon. This one is not playing Obosh and is playing Viashino Pyromancer instead of Eidolon, so that they can play with Wizard's Lightning, which I yeah. think is fine. Uh, Eidolon is is definitely way worse the more, like, creature-based decks get into the format, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I get it. I think that this is a good take on this archetype, but...
1: It looks powerful.
0: I don't know. Just a, a bunch of one-drops and a bunch of lightning bolts. Like, is that good? Uh, I mean, you can beat up some people. You can five zero league, Absolutely. But yeah. I, I don't know that this is the best thing to be taken to a big tournament just because of how narrow it is and, you know, the guard shield root exists. So...
1: Yeah, it, it kind of falls into like the discussion we had last week about trying to revolutionize standard by expanding the card pool. Like this is an expanded card pool and trying to create like linear aggro decks out of the expanded card pool is nice and it's a good idea. And you understand like theoretically why it works because these cards are all very, very good. But still, if just all of your opponent's cards are worth two cards and gain X life when they come into play, then it just kind of gets washed out anyway. It, it, it needs to catch up somehow.
0: Well, okay, so you expand the card pool, right? But ultimately, you're left with a bunch of cards that you have to jump through hoops in order to make it be our deal three damage. Mm-hmm. So you're not expanding what this deck is necessarily capable of. And I, I think that this is hopefully a, a corner case scenario, right? Where it's like, we only make three damage burn spells that are our main deck playable, right? Right. And in Standard, maybe that will not be the case. Um, but yeah, this this deck, I agree. It's like, oh yeah, you have 16 different one-drops that are effectively like two power one-drops. Like, wow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think where you like cross the threshold to a real deck is when those one-drops start, start functioning as three power one-drops, and there has to be a level of redundancy in these cards to get to that point. And these... These mostly do, I mean, like, I, I think you're going to get a lot of Swiss Spears and Scar- Soul Scar Mages that are of a respectable size and you're going to have some games where you just run over your opponent and that's appealing. Uh, I don't think there's enough of them, though. You just you just need Lightning Bolt. And the fact that Lightning Bolt isn't a Pioneer legal card is kind of weird to me. Like, it well, just seems so innocuous
0: for, for a minute it would have been scary for the red decks to have lightning bolt. And also it, it might actually just be scary for the blue red decks to have lightning bolt. Maybe,
1: maybe that is probably the bigger swing, but I,
0: but what, what this deck needs, is it like you have, you have all the good one drops. Like there are even more good one drops that you could be playing that you aren't playing. You know, it's, that's not what it is suffering from. It is definitely suffering from lack of pioneer playable thing that, gives you a little bit of longevity and lets you beat strategies that are employing like four mana cards. And
1: I don't, I don't know if that I, I think if you were just able to upgrade Soulscar mage and monastery swift spear with lightning bolt, that would go a very long way to making this type of mono red viable. I agree with you that like, if there is going to be a actual best in the format mono red deck, it needs to look like what you're describing. I'm saying the viability of this approach hinges on the idea that they just need that one spell that one more three mana damage spell and then I think these two cards are enough to be carried into like a successful archetype
0: I mean maybe maybe that leads you down the path of building like a, a different like more all-in burn sort of deck whereas like this one still plays to the board a decent amount but like yeah what this type of deck needs is a way to deal like four damage or five damage to a creature that is main deck playable that's it yeah maybe. Because right now it's like just old growth, old growth troll. It's just like ah oh, crap. I'm in a lot of danger. You know. Gg,
1: gg. All
0: right. Uh, talk to BK. Blue white version of spirits. Uh, four invasion of Gobicon. A card that I traditionally like, kind of like, but four is a lot. And also, I'm not sure that it's at the best in this archetype. It's kind of strange to see it here
1: uh yeah i could see this just being like a, a trial run right i un- I yeah. understand the appeal of wanting to see like how this card fits into this archetype and it uh is certainly the type of thing that i would join a league with and just be like all right let's feel this out a little bit because i do think you need to feel it out to understand how it interacts with some of the stuff here and you see something like the one errant and gaida in the deck that tells me like okay yeah maybe we're trying some stuff out seeing what works so I don't mind it. I don't, I don't mind it being present here. I understand your concerns, how it may not translate all that well.
0: So this, this is going to sound like I'm making fun of you and I'm not.
1: Okay. Okay. This is,
0: this is me earnestly asking. So you read this, you, you look at this errant card, right? Yeah. And your brain goes to read it. How does your brain work where you pronounce it the way that you did the last part of it.
1: What I don't even know what I said. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I it's honestly just instinct. I don't because my it. my it's all I got for you.
0: My brain is instinctively like Giada, which I I think would be more of like an Italian pronunciation or something.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just weird, you know? So if I say giada, then maybe it's like the last time I experienced G-I as a word was gi. We have a card called Silken Gi in our latest limited format in Flesh and Blood. So I probably read it gi and then ada is my guess.
0: But you, you read it with like a J, like a giada.
1: Giada or giada. Now I don't even know which one I said. I don't know, man. I'm out here functioning on instinct. I'm just trying yeah. to get through each day. No,
0: it's just it's just wild to me. That's all. Yeah. I, I I think that like the Italian pronunciation is correct, but like I'm I'm always gonna think that I'm right because
1: you know because that's good content creation. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've I've talked about it before. A lot of it, like the weird pronunciation that I do, is hinging on my hyper literacy as a child, where like I just like lived through books. I knew how to read when I was like. Three and just did nothing but read to myself quietly and didn't speak to other humans for a very long time. So in the era where I was building language, I was building it internally and not externally. Yeah. And so I built a lot of weird pronunciations and that still stick with me to this day. Um, Dude, there were
0: there were so many words that I knew, but I had no idea how to pronounce.
1: Oh, yeah. and There's then- one I said all the time on... Uh, oh, I, I used to say... Segue all the time mm, just sure. from, from reading the word segway over and over um yeah and it's like I, you, I you've heard
0: you've heard the word segway and then you i know. never put them together though i yeah, never understood yeah, it was exactly. the same word yeah that's that's a good example i like that one um I, I guess speaking to the invasion this is not a curiosity deck this is definitely more of a tribal you know like sort of wide wider battlefield
1: yeah, yeah, build kind up of build, some sizable so threats.
0: I, I guess that makes sense, but I don't know. I like the the power spike from the curiosity stuff, even if it's not necessarily super reliable. But yeah, maybe invasion plays pretty well with like the wedding announcements out of the sideboard too. I guess mm-hmm. so. Yeah, maybe there's maybe lot. there's something here. I don't know.
1: There's a lot of blue one mana protection spells these days.
0: A lot. They're they're pretty good too. Yeah. All right, Coleman P. Is it creativity? Two world spine worms, uh two mirrics in the mana base. I like the mirxes. Two worms instead of the Xenoghost, because this deck has four copies of Bitter Reunion to give the haste. Mm-hmm. So either you double worm, uh, or you just like single worm, fifteen them,
1: hope that maybe like mirrics oh, fable, goodness.
0: shark typhoon is nickel and dimed them.
1: Yeah, maybe. Or self damage or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's fine. Like it's at least debatable. I don't think Atraxa is a slam dunk over Spide Worm, and I, I don't no, think Wiltspider Worm is a slam dunk over Atraxa. So yep. I'm happy to see, see either approach.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is cool. If nothing else, it, it's just like, oh yeah, like there's j- just a lot of work to do within this archetype. Yeah, like a, a lot of, of a lot of different it. ways that we can actually try and kill people. Mm-hmm. And in in general, I think just trying to kill them straight up is probably pretty good but it's hard for me to turn down a track. So, you know, I understand. All right. Uh, so how, how do you pronounce this screen name? Cause I don't even know. You show. Okay. No, that sounds reasonable. And my brain did not come to that. So this one is uh, eight basic swamps in a lot of fancy, non-basic lands, almost to the point where it looks like the, uh, Erbor Coffers deck in modern, but this is mono black waste
1: knots. Have you seen this deck? Uh, I've heard rumblings. I, this is the first time I've looked at the full deck list. Okay, this deck... Has- I've certainly built many Waste Knot decks, so like I, I know what we're going for here.
0: I have two, unfortunately. All bad. All bad. Uh, This one doesn't look that terrible. It's got a lot of weird stuff in it, and I think this is another one of those decks that can probably be iterated upon, but when you start popping off with Waste Knot, it looks pretty good, and...
1: Yeah, you have very powerful turns
0: very powerful turns and it has the added benefit of like, you're just incentivized to play a bunch of hand disruption in a format where some of the scariest decks are like, you know, trying to assemble, you know, a bunch of permanents like Karn and mm-hmm. uh Cavalier of Thorns, like all these expensive cards, right. Or, or the Lotus field decks, or uh maybe this is a little bit more of a throwback, but like, is it Phoenix Trying to do like graveyard stuff, and you just have like main deck go blanks, right? Like, yeah, yeah. This is actually not the worst. I think that there are a lot of standard formats where you play like a bunch of mind rots in your deck, and it's just really bad because mind rot is really bad. But it's actually not that bad of a card in Pioneer.
1: This deck also just keeps things very simple. Like it, it's just clear. I know what my best creature is. It's Shildred. I want to play that as often as possible. And then there's just like. Very few cute cards to try and benefit from the Waste Knot. Just a few one-offs, nothing too dramatic. I don't I don't know. This looks okay. Like It could trick me into playing a league with it, for sure.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think this is terrible. I, I certainly don't like how it is fairly reliant on the Waste Knot, at least to pop off. But once you do have it, you generally do pop off to the point where it seems like it is
1: worth it. It also seems like your games without it are just... Fine. They're just like fine, basic games with good spells. You're you're a crappy
0: mono black mid range deck, which is basically an archetype we see five zero occasionally. Anyway,
1: yep, that's exactly right. So
0: what what's the downside? You know, uh, eight swamps, two Urborgs, with uh, again, forecast of Um, uh, like maybe people are just more okay with that et being tapped half the time than i am but
1: it's probably better in this deck than the last one we saw like you can you can get away with it a little bit more here
0: probably and it's it's an effect that is desperately needed in in this sort of deck too but mm-hmm. it's just like well is if you're playing forecastle you're committed to forecastle do you really need like the crawling barons like couldn't that just be a swamp you know
1: i don't know it's a good question. Anyway. You want that mana sink, though, right? You got to have something to dump all that waste not mana into.
0: Yeah. Uh Castle Lockwind. I don't know. Whatever.
1: No, we need more than that. We're,
0: we're not mana burning, man. It's it's fine. If you pop off and you just have like eight black pooling, it's not like, oh, Crawling barons. Thankfully, you have been my mana sink and now you are here <laughs> to save the day. You know, it's just like, come on.
1: Sounds perfect.
0: Whatever. Uh, NSW, 1074, uh, pretty normal looking abs and grease Fang.
1: Yeah, not a lot new going on here. Text still seems fine to me.
0: I think this version is fine. I think there are better versions, I th- and I think one of them we'll get to. Okay. Uh, Koji 1130, elves, uh, for forest because there's a lot of green and black stuff for I don't know Tyvar shaman of the back.
1: I'm just gathering my thoughts. I'm gathering my ultimate yeah. thoughts right now, trying to understand. This looks like the type of deck that would win an SCG open out of nowhere. That's that's what I have to say about it. Just every now and then a deck like this would show up and you're like, what's what's happening? How did How is this the story we're telling this week? And then it would never show up again. And that is what this deck is capable of. It has some Pretty significant power spikes, pretty good lords. Tyvar is a hell of a card. Yes. That's it. Good enough for a 5-0. The stack, good enough to win an SG open.
0: This deck is more linear than goblins, oddly enough. And I think for the most part that, that just makes it so it's better positioned in general in the format. Also it's pro- ceiling
1: feels higher to me too. Yeah, ceiling is
0: higher, well. goldfish is probably higher, like average goldfish, uh arguably stronger sideboard options too. Yeah. That said, I don't think I would ever play this deck because I so the old elf decks, the kind of like convoy ones, maybe like the glimpse mm-hmm. ones or whatever, those are pretty fun. And
1: yeah. yeah, I like Legacy Elves a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. Legacy elves is is just like a good way to explain it. Um but this one that is basically like singularly focused on shaman of the pack versus like I really liked the old extended version where, you know, your glimpse was busted to start, then people adapted, then it was like occasionally, like maybe one in ten games you like glimpse combo kill someone, but the rest of mm-hmm. them are just like grinding people out with wirewood hive master sort of things. Yeah. You know, like you you're playing like a bunch of different games on average. And this deck is just like, nah, I just do the same thing. Nah, one game. Yeah.
1: So you were not a fan of the distant melody elf ball decks, I take it.
0: No, never.
1: Yeah. Yeah, those were bad.
0: Uh I also <laughs> I, I lost to that deck in a pro tour, uh, playing fairies, which Oof. seems like it should have been a reasonable matchup, but you know yeah. um I was bad and my deck was bad. And uh my opponent was Alan Comer, who is a Hall of Fame member had just left Wizards and showed up to the Pro Tour trying to buy. He went up to the vendors and said, I would like four copies of Nettle Sentinel. They were like, sir, I've never heard of that card before. (laughs) Because it was a card that had not yet been released.
1: Nice. He was trying.
0: So he was like cashing in his Hall of Fame invite, not really knowing like what was going on in Magic and just like remembered this deck that he had played in FFL. Uh, So yeah, he, he was just like, ah. I guess I just won't play with them. That's fine. Same deck, right? That's
1: that sounds very reasonable to me, knowing Allen. Yeah, uh, I, yeah,
0: yeah. And then just beat the crap out of me, like round one, round two. It's great, good times. Uh, Avery Alder, more elves. Uh, this one has some white.
1: Yeah, it's got white and black and weird cards and oh, bar. No and I, I don't like it. Don't like this one. I didn't like the last one. I really don't like this one.
0: Yeah, splashing for a selfless spirits I'm not super down with. And yeah, I think you know Tyvar is one of the reasons to do the thing. You know. Yes. Although, I don't know. This one is utilizing like stain the mind stay and pile the on. Mind. I just
1: saw that. Yeah, stain the mind. Stain the, in the
0: mind board. and pile on. I like that a lot. Like these awesome like you know, sort of effects that you would want in your sideboard anyway. Pylon is the convoke, Hero's downfall, Stay in the Mind is a convoke, cranial extraction. Well, but we can nice. do this
1: in the in the other deck with Tyvar yes. as well if we would like. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Mush
1: these two together and then you got something.
0: Cool. All right. Rushi double O, uh different sort of Grease Fang. Uh this one, very few creatures, only rafine's informant and the Grease Fangs. Vessel of Nascency, I like it. Uh two main deck copies of silence. I get it. If you're expecting, you know, a lot of a lot of blue white control or just opponents like sitting on a bunch of removal spells or whatever, like silence is a pretty good answer. This is very sleep-esque. Where I think mm. if this is the way that you're solving the problem, it's probably not a great way to do it. A lot it. of
1: sleeps in the format right now. A lot of a
0: lot of sleep. Uh just people being very clever perhaps too clever for their own good you know i don't think silence it, Silence is like the least egregious example of that because silence is a card that these decks have like played to some success already so it's i'm, I'm not gonna poo poo it too much but you know if you're main decking two silences i think that's where you are uh two copies of cling to dust which is interesting and then this one has like two traverses uh for extra grease fangs, which I think works well with the vessel. So I, I do like some yeah. amount of traverses.
1: Yeah, I get the vessel traverse package. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the, clings, the clings are doom weird. Doom whispers.
0: Oh, doom Whisper. Okay. Now I don't like that. Why is that? How is that the thing that you do?
1: It's big. It's got keyword big.
0: It is keyword big, but it's also keyword expensive as hell.
1: Yeah, that is true.
0: Where do you want this? Rakdos?
1: Sold to a vendor when it was expensive. Smart. Obviously, I didn't do that, but
0: naturally, uh, yeah, I don't know. Even it, I don't know if it is Rakdos, but I think Shieldred is the card you want in your sideboard. And I'm surprised that people haven't been just like jamming that. Sure. Because, dude, for a long time, I was like, you need. Some sort of like sideboard juke. Some
1: pivot, yeah.
0: Right? And you're okay at dealing some chip shots here and there, you know, Rafine's Informant has a decent amount of power. You get those games where you're just like hard casting Chariot or whatever. You just need something a little more solid. And it was like, oh, is, is like Tastiger the thing? And like, that's fine. But you can't play a ton of them, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just Shieldred, you know? And if you're, playing the versions that are playing like Liliana or whatever, doing a little bit more grindy stuff, then Shieldred plays right into that. I guess this one has Bankbusters. But... Yeah, I like that. I like it better than Doom Whisperer. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, I have to agree with you. Uh, I, th- I think I wrote uh, an article on Doom Whisperer, like when we used to do for SCG, we'd like call dibs on the cards that were previewed on a week to week basis. Yeah, that and was I, the worst. I remember Yeah, I remember writing about you. Yeah, if you slept in, you'd be like, oh, I have to write about fucking, I don't know, generic. I have to write about duress this week because I didn't didn't bother to wake up and get a new card.
0: Yeah, and it's just like some of the stuff, too, was like, I know that I would write like a God-tier article about this card, and then you read the one that someone wrote, and it's just like, God, you you don't even have like the three best decks in your article, but it's like, you can't mention it because like them's the rules. Right. It's like, yo, can yeah, I yep. add just like three bomb ass deck lists to the end of this article about a completely different card? And they're like, no,
1: that it's should like, have been uh, a column was at the end of the week you went through and corrected everyone's deck. lists. I'm sure that we <laughs> went over very well. With in, everyone else. in my
0: younger days, Brian, <laughs> in my younger days, uh, i mean in my younger days i think these podcasts would be a lot meaner too
1: oh yeah you know for sure but
0: now i'm like oh okay i see i see what this player was going for
1: you know right and i'm i'm just a generally nice person these days i don't say anything bad to people ever i don't pop off i'm just
0: you yeah know, definitely yeah definitely never pop off on
1: people nope never curse anyone out just polite all the time
0: yeah at least i mean to the you know the people that don't deserve it
1: uh, I said people, Jerry. Oh, yeah. word. okay. Nice to
0: people. All right. Uh, next up, eighty cards. It's a lot of cards. Uh, enough cards to fit in one copy of the Celestis in our Urian, Niv Mizzet, Omnath, Nahiri, Bring the Light deck.
1: Pick a lane. Stick to it. No, I don't know. This might be fine. I. I I don't know why it would be fine. I don't have any reason why I would want to do this combination of things. Like, I don't believe Urian is that good here. The reason to want to do this would be Urian. I It just doesn't seem like it matters all that much, so.
0: Yeah, it's not blinking a lot of stuff. I will say that. This strikes me as I didn't know what to cut to my deck list, so I added a
1: companion. <laughs> well one of the better uses of companion, I would say.
0: Well, okay. now there there are some upsides here, right? There is, for example, an unmoored ego to bring to light for that you do not want to naturally draw in most instances. Okay. So, that is a reason, but I don't know. I feel like, for example, things like Sylvan Kary did probably pretty important.
1: Yeah feels like your deck uh is significantly worse when you don't make that play.
0: To the point where you're playing a Celestis as a fifth carrier to to kind of like even out the ratio or
1: whatever. But not <laughs> the f- not the fourth growth spiral though. Uh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Okay.
0: Whatever. Ooh, I guess um one copy of Nivemis Supreme Aftermath card okay. baby.
1: Yeah, that's a new card.
0: Technically new. All right. Uh gods, other son one. More Racto Sacrifice. Ooh, this one has two priests of forgotten gods.
1: Yeah. Also, I forgot all about Unlucky Witness. This yeah. card is so much better than the Bloodmaking card. I don't know what I was thinking. I want this card.
0: I look, I I agree with you. I think that when your curve is higher and there aren't a ton of good sack outlets, then it makes sense to maybe want to try, like, Epicure instead. Or if you want to, like, scale up your Harvesters to kill, like, those four and five toughness things, Epicure makes more sense.
1: Nah, I don't want to do any of that. I want to play these cards. In, I like this deck much better. Yeah,
0: in general, Unlucky Witness, incredible card. Yep. Uh, this this list looks really good, actually. I agree. Yeah, Devils, Familiars, three Witness, four Harvester, two Priest, two Ob. Four fable, three push, four claim, four dispute, four witches oven, 22 lands. Not messing around with ob planeswalker, at least in the main deck. Still has gigantha, nothing in the sideboard that turns off gigantha, including uh furnace Furnace range. The new threaten we talked about, yeah. This looks good. This looks really good. Yep, if if I were sitting down to build this deck, it would it would look pretty similar to this, I think so.
1: Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Nice deck list.
0: Uh, yeah, no random-ass castle with no basic lands. This is just good.
1: There's always room for a castle. So maybe there's one flaw, but other than that, perfect.
0: Actually, you know what? I was normally cutting the Takanuma from these decks. I don't think you want to anymore with Ob.
1: Okay. You think the the uh, discount is worth enough?
0: Well, it, you also just have a more high-priority thing to want to get back. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So before it was like, oh play like the Urborg instead or or maybe just even another basic to hedge against like Field of Ruin or whatever. But I I like talking again. Okay. Cool. This list rules. I love this.
1: Yeah, I would play this deck pretty happily.
0: Uh Colomino. Jess Guy. Sort of. Uh Ascendancy. Treasure cruises. Doing some rona things. Uh four mox ambers. Got Emery, Uh Skrelv and Rona to enable the Amber. For when you're popping off, you have third path iconoclost. Uh yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, like retraction helix combo we thing, one copy of Bitter Reunion to haste all your iconoclost friends
1: yeah okay and i i think i think this deck is not supposed to be an all-in combo deck i just keep coming back to like these setups anything with rona the fairer it is the more i like it because i just think there's better ways to do combo in Pioneer rather than having all these points of weakness you're introducing to your deck. Like your deck is interact with the bull on the stack. You can interact with these creatures. You can interact with things like Jeskai Ascendancy. There's just way too many points of weakness when you build like this. I just want a fair deck that backdoors into this combo. That's all I'm looking for.
0: Okay. I agree with you. And I also think that this is the best version of doing that that I've seen.
1: Okay. That frightens me. Like it feels like there should be something. Like there's no interaction in this deck whatsoever. I guess there's portable.
0: Yeah, there's some holes, and there. I mean, there's also just random blockers and whatnot too.
1: can I just play like some some good cards, some nice removal spells? I mean, so part of the problem with that is that There just
0: there isn't right. Like yeah, there's there are those cards in black for the most part. But in, Tyvar. in Jeskai, not really.
1: See, yeah, I think I just don't want to be Jeskai.
0: So Tyvar, to me, is is basically like another one of those like kind of silly do nothing but only help you combo cards.
1: Does it have to be? Like it, it can be more versatile than that. I think.
0: Yeah, I just haven't seen lists with other cards that are not terrible.
1: Hmm. yeah i mean i'm i'm not out here building a version that i like so who who am i to criticize it's like
0: tyvar that can get back like rona and nothing else you know and yeah that would not be my approach yeah exactly like i think you just look at it you're like okay this is a pretty bad approach right but i think people have Done maybe most of the work that they need to do. Now people are like, oh, Ledger Shredder like fixes all the problems or whatever. And I I think that shredder helps for sure. You know, it, it does help you sift through like your bad cards. It's another thing to return with uh Tyvar, it attacks, it blocks, etc. But yeah, whatever. Um it does do those things. I, I think that playing random creatures like Iconocloss, Falaji, Archaeologist, like you you have some decent card advantage with like a research desk and like ascendancy is not that bad on its own, helping you filter through things. Like you have a lot of ways to get rid of bad retraction helixes. I think that this is not that
1: bad. I guess I just don't have a lot of faith left in guy ascendancy. I've been burned too many times.
0: That and... is fair. I, yeah, that, that to me is kind of like the weakest point of the deck is like the actual ascendancies. Like you don't yep. necessarily have to be that. Um, maybe it, it shouldn't even be that you have four of them.
1: Yeah, you know? they, it's just like a random Jeskai Ascendancy, and that offers an interesting angle in some scenarios.
0: Okay, ch- check this out, dude. You're like, oh, yeah, like can we play a good removal spell? The sideboard has Rending Volley, great removal spell for oh, is good. the matchups where it works. The removal spell in the sideboard is Justice Strike. That's, that's the best option.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's not what I was looking for.
0: Yeah, isn't that heinous?
1: That's that's really bad.
0: There's no... I mean, like, you could go deeper and play, like, Binding, but I don't think you should do that. And there's no Prismatic Ending, Lightning Bolt, Unholy Heat, or, what, like, Modern has just spoiled you. That's all.
1: Maybe that's true. What about Ossification? If it's good enough elsewhere, can it be just good enough here?
0: Basic Land?
1: Oh, uh, we got zero Basics. Okay. Yeah, that's a problem. Chain to the rocks. Do we have enough mountains? Uh, well
0: that that's a problem that's fixable.
1: Yeah, maybe chain to the rocks is the answer. There's only four mountains now, but you're but right. I you guess build around that.
0: This deck wants hole for Emery.
1: Yep. So
0: I don't know. You could you could fit a couple chain to the rocks in there for sure if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think I'm just expecting removal to actually be good where it's just like not it's not a real thing.
0: No. It, dude, it is one of the, the worst things about the format, or best thing, depending on how you look at it, I guess. Yeah,
1: depending on your point of view.
0: Like, people are playing power word kill, and there are still things it doesn't kill in the format. <laughs> you know?
1: That is a uh, flavor fail, to be sure. No,
0: no terminate, no dreadbore,
1: nothing. Power word, eh, maybe kill.
0: Or, like, yeah, we have dreadbore, but, like, not instant, I guess. Power word, kill, most things. Some things. All right, Mr. Craft 23, Green, White, Angels. uh, Kale's Reconstruction, sort of new-ish. Sigarda? Uh, what was... uh, Yeah, this one. Sigarda, Font of Blessings. We have one.
1: That's not enough to make me play this deck. I, I, no. Like, I do think this deck is okay, but...
0: Yeah, deck is okay. As far as Elf into three-drop decks, I guess I like this more than... Red, green, at least the way things are situated now. If
1: I don't know, what the is, way you were going to sell me on this deck was not by adding more collected companies, I'll tell you that much.
0: No, nah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, reconstruction is, is an X bill you see.
1: Hmm. So they say, and seven cards instead of six. So true, can never miss. That, that would confuse me. That's another thing in paper that I would. Mess up for sure.
0: Yeah, the, the sixes and sevens and all the all the cards are like close, but they all do like one notch different or whatever.
1: Yep. Yeah, I think that's really bad.
0: Yeah, what are you gonna do? All right. Uh next deck is from Brittany, another Rakdos deck. This one is just pure beatdowns, though. Agro.
1: Yes. Yeah, Agro sector.
0: Dreadhor Dreadhorde Butcher, Serrated Scorpion. Uh, Voldaren, Thrill Seeker.
1: Yeah, throwing creatures all over the place.
0: Yeah, this is the backup two that gives the thing the ability to sacrifice, deal damage, you can lose power.
1: So just throw your Dreadhorde Butcher at someone? Yeah. That's cool. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to play this. I, I want to play the other versions of this deck. But, I, you know, when, like, sacrifice was a very big thing in Standard, there were moments to be aggressive, moments to be, like, grindier. Yes. I don't think that translates quite the same way to Pioneer. I think you just always need to like do the more powerful thing and you're not going to steal too many games by using this plan, but certainly worth trying and five 0 in a leak with. So
0: Yeah, I respect this approach, uh, especially because I think for the most part people are doing too much nonsense with their sacrifice decks when they would benefit from just doing something as simple as like including just more one drops.
1: Yeah, just killing them.
0: Yeah, that works. Just just lower your curve a little bit, play less dirty cards, and you'll you'll probably be better off. And I this this is one of the decks where I'm just like, whoa, whoa, no, not not that far, you know. But like <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely respect this a lot.
1: Yep. I'm with you. All
0: uh, right, the tinker with some Neoform Soul Flare, uh, Atraxa e business. This one is like all in on Soul flare though. Striped Riverwinder. Yeah, it's like all it does. Samet, Zatalpa. I was like, oh, what is Evangel of Synthesis? I keep seeing this card, uh, and I just never remember what it is. Um, but Blue Black 23 ETB loot. Oh, yeah, the herbal yeah. scavengers. We were talking about this.
1: Yeah, so you get basically more Soul Flare lights.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems fine. And if you have one of the two drop looters, you have Oracle of Tragedy 2, you can just Neoform into this thing. Okay. This doesn't seem bad to me, actually. I think you're
1: supposed to have more Hexproof in this deck. Probably. That's that's the thing that really stands out to me.
0: Yeah, probably. That Hexproof is definitely the one where it's like, oh, I definitely can't do
1: anything about this, yes. right? And there yes, is I have to have this to make my deck work. And, and there's the, just...
0: there's the two drop backup hex proofer that could be another like two drop to neoform or
1: whatever so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I would look at. I think that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, I I do like this though cuz you get to play Thoth's main deck, Collective Brutality as a discard outlet, which is fine and a, a way of interaction and then Yeah. you have just Salt-Eye sideboard cards, which is just as much disruption and spot removal as you could possibly want, right? Yeah, seems okay. Do you sideboard I think that... sideboard one Banehound?
1: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we need that we need that life link in haste, I guess. I think that's a good card to sideboard against beatdown decks. Sure.
0: And it's it's just funny to me because never in my life could I have conceived a situation in which I would Where sideboard exactly one copy of Banehound. <laughs>
1: sideboard Banehound, yeah.
0: It just rules. That's that's box checking right there. Yeah, that's cool. See, so, yeah, I like this deck. This is cool. Uh, TX, EPI, okay. Brian, this is you, go, go, go. Yeah, this
1: is this is good, this is good. So we are looking at, uh, is it cards? And then the top end are just all of my favorite cards in the entire world. It's Holebreaker Horror for Alrin's Epiphany. So, you know, already sold. And then it's the exact suspect you would expect. Divide by zero, counter spells, removal spells, all that stuff. But the glue holding it all together Kind, kind of. I don't know if that's the right way to put it because this is just like also a huge threat in so many scenarios. Yeah,
0: and glue, engine, card of Yeah,
1: kind of everything. It's, it's just Chandra, hope speaking. And if it is a counter magic light format, I like seeing this card in play at the Pro Tour, it's so overperformed from what I expected it to be doing. I think this card is extremely strong. I'm not shocked at all to see it pioneer worthy. It's just kind of like maybe the best top end you could possibly lead into in these decks. It, it unlocks everything you could possibly want to do. And your deck goes into overdrive. You chain your Alren's Epiphany so much more efficiently. This honestly seems very strong to me. Like, I, I think this is probably a real deck.
0: It's, it's like the Elspeth Sun champion of this format. Yeah. You know, it's like... Uh,
1: that's a good way of putting it.
0: Six mana Haymaker does a bunch of stuff. Uh, you, you love to see it. You love to build around it. You know, like this, this looks good, good to me. I like the blue red decks incorporating divide by zero, just because it's a pretty good generic answer to a lot of stuff. Uh, For sure. And, you know, not a lot of good answers to five toughness things, right? Four and five toughness mm-hmm. things. And
1: we're keeping that lesson sideboard package very tight, which is good. Yes. You don't need to get silly with it.
0: Yeah. No, <laughs> no Brian Gottlieb, six lesson sideboards. No. No, not
1: in Pioneer.
0: Not in Pioneer. All right. Good. Uh yeah, and you still get to play Fable too. Not bad. This looks using solid. Fables, I don't
1: Using Fable to ramp into Chandra is pretty good, so.
0: Yeah. I I don't think that this is perfect for Pioneer. Uh you still have like some Thoughtseize issues, you know.
1: Yeah, I, I think Thoughtseize counter magic, which is like a significant portion of Pioneer to be sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I think at least the the counter magic matchups are going to be fun and interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I would agree with that.
0: And you have a lot of good sideboard options there.
1: Yeah, you get your Shark Typhoons, you get your Hellbreaker Horrors. You certainly have game against them.
0: Yeah. So for Magic Online, at least queuing this into a bunch of blue white control doesn't seem, you know, like you're you're setting yourself up for failure or whatever. But in real life. You are almost certainly going to draw. My favorite. Yeah, not great. All right. Uh, the Fury 1, 987, more mono red action. This one, uh, two copies of Chandra Dress to Kill, two Phoenix chicks, no really like leaning into the wizard theme. Well, I guess there's still four Wizards' Lightnings.
1: So... Yeah, I still have the lightning. Oh, there's Lightning
0: seems... Strike instead of skewer. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I assumed we got away from Wizards Lightning to play Lightning Strike.
1: No. No, we're still doing that. We're just hoping for things to work out. Spoiler. I don't think they're going to work out. They worked out for a 5 of I mean, that's good enough.
0: Yeah. Eight's not a lot, right? It's only eight Wizards. Soul Scar and, yeah. and Lava Runner. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's not great. Like,. Skewer is certainly not perfect, but when you get Chandra into the mix, it gets a lot more palatable for me. And, like, even, even Phoenix Chick, too. But, ideally, you want your burn spell to be able to, like, clear the way for a thing, not have to, like, attack with a Phoenix Chick and then burn out a problematic three-toughness thing. So, yep. it's it's never yeah, ideal, tough. but... Ugh... Just so close to having a good red deck. So close. But yeah, worth noting also that this one is not playing one.
1: Yeah, seems to have completely fallen out of fashion at this point.
0: Yeah, not even showing up in the sideboards. I mean, I guess part of the problem, too, is like the combo deck. Uh, like, again, this the next deck is another Lotus Field deck. It's just like they could just combo off with five mana cards and beat you. So mm-hmm. anyway, uh, this Lotus Field deck, Brian, has two Chandra Hope's Beacons.
1: Okay. I need a moment to process that.
0: Yeah. Do we need this? Do we need to be doing this?
1: Feels like no. Uh, But I don't think it's bad. Like, I I, I don't want two. Two seems like a lot, for sure. You could talk me into one, though, being smart. And a way to, like, sort of hedge a little bit. You get to have a card which can single-handedly win the game, answer problematic things, support your main way of winning the game uh, it just seems so matchup dependent to me though like and and having two in the main deck wh- whatever you're trying things out you're in a league I think that's totally fine you want to draw it more often so uh, I'm not gonna really bash the decision but my expectation is you probably do not want two in the long term
0: okay what about the wish battle because there's a copy of that too
1: yeah I'm thinking I'm thinking.
0: While well, you think I'm gonna talk about how Ren has just jumped on my lap and is aggressively bunting me because it is currently four thirty PM.
1: Uh, and, getting close to food time.
0: Yeah, he is reminding me that dinner is in an hour and a half, and how dare yeah. I even think about forgetting?
1: Better not fucking forget. Uh I've only yeah. fed you
0: at six PM for the past thousand days or whatever.
1: Just saying, keep it consistent. Yeah. I just think five is so much more than four. And like it is, it, right? It will it will cost you games. I, I don't believe in this one. I think you're just supposed to play Masterminds acquisition. And this is uh like I just don't see the upside reliably presenting itself enough.
0: Word. Uh Colonismo. 60 card, bring to light, uh, no Niv mizzets This is this is the version I like. This is like the Canister and Company deck from a million pro tours ago, more or yep. less. Um, I think this deck is fine.
1: It does seem fine to me. Uh, not a lot changing with it thus far, but yeah, good consistent game plans, uh, some weirdo outs with your Bring to Light package. I think that's going to be good enough a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. Uh Robot BC is it? Uh this is creativity, but with torrential gear hulk, I think that. This deck got iterated on very quickly, and I like this version. Um, this one only has one sublime epiphany, I think the first version had like three or something, mm. it was just a lot. And the other big get was getting divide by zero in the mix, uh, just another way to like loot that card into the graveyard if you wanted to. Um, but just a general catch all.
1: Uh, divide looting is one of my favorite things like I think it's actually an underappreciated part of this card uh a card that was eventually banned in standard because it was so dominant it had to go <laughs> um yeah it's nice to see this card get picked up in pioneer and I'm not really surprised about it either it just just seems good to me
0: I'm not happy about it it doesn't make me happy it's just like oh three mana three mana is so much you know
1: but, it is, but it's so versatile. It, like it, it is just does it, everything.
0: You you need it for the versatility. It's just like I I can't wait until we have like a two mana version of this or like a very good three mana version. You know.
1: I don't know if you're gonna get much better than this. We'll see.
0: Anyway, uh, as as far as creativity decks are concerned, I do like this one because I think it's a little bit more explosive. So your your power spike. Has a tendency to happen a little bit earlier, and a lot of your stuff mm-hmm. is able to be played as like a backup plan. Like you can just yeah. ask gear hulks and magma opuses and whatnot. Oh yeah,
1: Op- opus gear hulk is badass. Like that's that's a real game plan still, and uh I, I think like we kind of forgot about it for a period of time, but yeah, shouldn't have. It, it's good enough for sure.
0: The thing I don't like about it is that you can go off. And still lose to things because you're not doing anything like absurdly powerful against, you know, like Lotus Field, for example.
1: Yeah, you have to play a little bit more fair against them. But I I think it's just like closing speed. You get so much closing speed from this card where you're just like, do your thing on one turn and then the game is over.
0: Against most opponents.
1: But like, and you get to do it at instant speed too. Like, I guess not with creativity. Yeah. That's the problem
0: there. But, But. Like if, if you're playing this interactive fair game and then you against Lotus and then you finally have a window where you put in like two world spine worms and give them haste, you know, like
1: you do just win.
0: That is closing speed, right? Yeah. But you get that window against Lotus Field and you're like, uh, resolve my five six and like burn you a little bit and like tap your non Lotus lands, you know, like
1: Yeah, you have to you have to play across two turns. I, I would bet you probably like board out creativities against Lotus Field. That's the first thing that stands. Uh, stands out to me. like if you have enough to get rid of all your removal plus the creativities you're
0: you're certainly trying to shave on that stuff for sure because yeah. the game the game is gonna go long enough where you don't want to just end up drawing multiple copies of that stuff for sure. but yeah, I, I still think too you much need... removal to
1: get it all gone though there's seven hard removal spells. yeah, plus four create four creativities and you have your lesson package. so can you just jam everything maybe maybe.
0: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's there's still, like, rending volleys in the sideboard, rending too, so it's volley, not like yeah. you get to board in, like, 12 cards.
1: Yep, so you probably have to just trim creativities instead.
0: Yep, which, whatever, that's fine. Not ideal, but, uh, yeah, pick and choose your spots for for this creativity list. Uh, Doctor of Time, Mono White, four brave Elements. no ossifications, but... Definitely utilizing uh some copper coat vanguards. This list only has two, but you know. Still good, it's still there.
1: Yeah, fine. No notes.
0: Okay. Uh Demon Deacon. Okay. All right. So this is a Rona deck. But it has Tyvar, and it is also splicing that in with Kinnan Karn. And that weirdo combo mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, This one also has Ford Jace Vrin's Prodigy, which I guess, I don't know, is another thing for Amber and Tyvar. Yeah, just and
1: greasing the wheels a little bit. Yeah,
0: like, lets you loot away a Retraction Helix. But, like, other than eventually, like, rebuying Retraction Helix, it doesn't give you a whole lot of value because the only other instant is uh, Addictive Time. So... It's maybe not ideal here. But then there's also like Nashi Moon's Legacy.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting one. Rebuying those legendary pieces should you need them. Doesn't seem bad. I, I Like that card has always stood out to me as potentially powerful. There are a lot of legends here. You're basing your combo off two potential legends. So pulling them back is potentially game ending in some spots.
0: So, kind of bemoaned the lack of, like, great removal and, in Pioneer. And there there is good removal for, like, killing Elves and, like, killing two toughness things. And part of the problem with this deck is that just, like, your early stuff dies a lot. It's really difficult to get any sort of traction. And Nashi is a card that kind of helps you claw back from that. Like, Nashi has four toughness and ward one and lets you just, you know, bring back your cannons and hopefully just, like, outlast their removal or whatever. So yeah. I, I get why it's there. There's also, like, you know, Mox Amber synergies and whatnot, but I get it. I understand.
1: It seems fine to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, How do you feel in general about merging the Karn stuff with the Rona stuff?
1: It, it is kind of in the same vein as merging like Jessica ascendancy with rona stuff i i do think there is at least some overlap in the form of Tybar, where you're you're just very good at keeping these key legends around like that's what your deck is now built around it's like i always am able to protect these legends to bring back these legends to recycle these legends over and over i don't know if that in and of itself does enough though like it, it's still just very focused on doing one of these two powerful things and if you are against a deck that does these things consistently, like something like Lotus Field, and they find just one piece of interaction, like one bounce spell to buy them one more turn, that's going to be enough to beat you most of the time because you don't do anything to them whatsoever.
0: No, but in in theory, your combo is a little bit faster if you just have it naturally rolled up.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I, I know it like potentially can be. I, I understand that. I just think the reality of putting all the pieces together you need a little bit more setup, you have a little bit less redundancy, you have a bunch of moving pieces now. I guess like maybe the biggest point in its favor I could point to is just like accelerating to six mana and doing something with Karn that messes up opposing decks that are trying to just go over the top of you. And that does seem pretty achievable in a lot of scenarios, or even just like getting to four mana and being able to like go get your Tormod script or five mana and get your Pithy Needle like that. That's real. That is going to disrupt some number of decks. Yeah. So maybe Karn is more interaction than I'm giving you credit for.
0: Yeah, but it is kind of the same thing where it's like, all right, you have merged two archetypes to the point where now you have more business cards, but you're still not interacting with people on the yep. whole. And I, th- I think that, again, that's just kind of the nature of Pioneer where you can play a bunch of like shocks or whatever, but if shocks are not the kind of interaction that you want, it's like, what is the best thing? Especially when you start thinking about like, what do I want against like Rakdos and Beatdown and mono green and Lotus field? Like there isn't a car that covers all of those bases. No, there's not. Right. So the solution for this is, I don't know, just try and be kind of fast, I guess.
1: Yeah. And I don't think you're fast enough. I, I just don't see it. Your ceiling may be fast enough. I don't think you're consistently fast
0: yeah, enough. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. But I mean, yeah, you just hope that it lines up well where maybe you have the nuts against them once, and then in one of the other games, like where their draw doesn't really come together, your more average draw can like beat them. But I don't know. It is it is a lot of praying going on for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Ove McNamara, Model Black. 13 Swamps with three castle Loctwain and a Durborg. So I like that distribution a lot more. Four waste knots and not going super hard on it. Four Thoughtsies, two duress, four Liliana. And this one is just four trespasser, four shieldred, not messing around with like the underdog and whatnot yeah it's uh, these
1: are just like very disciplined approaches to waste not decks like these decks are just saying i think waste not is a good enough card to just play fair and straight up yeah and i'll I'll combine it with my gyro reach sanitarium and my liliana like completely reasonable cards and use that to generate advantage
0: yeah and i kind of like that and i i certainly you know we talked about uh how you know sometimes without waste not your deck just looks like mono black mid-range that's just what this yep. is this is just yep. mono black mid-range with waste knots guy reaches and a well, little bit of extra what's discard. Fu-
1: what's funny here is i think with waste knot, a lot of the time this deck is still going to look like mono black yes. midrange. Like, it doesn't do anything different yeah there's no like immensely high power ceiling it's just this weird little bonus piece of value and th- that says a lot about like the Internal quality of Waste Not. Unfortunately, the thing it is trying to say is in contravention of everything we thus far know about Waste Not. It is saying this card is good enough to be a value engine. And look, at some point there will just be enough pieces where, like, okay, you know, Graveyard Trespasser gets you this little incidental bit of value off the ward. You have uh things like Shouldered, which combines well with Gyro Reach Sanitarium as well. So all these pieces coming together is just like, okay, this card actually just crosses over enough where it is inherently powerful. That's just never been true up until this point. So
0: Yeah, I, I think I would want to go a little bit harder on the Waste Knot stuff, but not by much. And other than that, I, I like the look of this deck.
1: Yeah, seems fun.
0: All right, Benny R, uh, Blue-White Control, two cents. This is the
1: same deck. You can't, you can't fool me. This is just the same <laughs> deck we saw before. Uh,
0: well, this, this is like a hybrid. This is no Sharks, no Castle Vantress. Two sensor tubes, or but yes, you're right, same deck. Okay, uh, Alistair 95, rogues, but yeah, rogue time, but make it weird. Um, soaring thought thief, thieves guild enforcer, those are pretty staple four ofs the card that sort of revitalized people's interest in this archetype, Fairy Mastermind, is there as a one of, yeah, Jace the perfected mind, I think, can mostly supplant into the story. But this deck is playing two of each. And then, uh, yeah, just like some fun of one of Nighthawk Scavenger, Zerisan, uh, two Borrower, two Shieldred, a Cling to Dust, a Throat, uh, an edicts. I don't know.
1: I, I'm just having a hard time seeing the appeal of this deck. Like if it was leaner and there were a bunch of powerful ones and twos that were just carrying you and chase the perfected mind just incidentally ramped them up to a ludicrous degree that would all sound very good but like i don't think soaring thought thief is good enough i don't really think thieves guild enforcer is good enough and those are the only recipients of payoff in this entire deck for doing this kind of like rogue setup and yeah, like the Xerath San asking to connect off of this very small amount of rogues, like, feels very cute to me. That's
0: 12 rogues. Yeah. It's not that bad.
1: That feels pretty bad. I mean, like, just given how games play out in Pioneer, it's either you have to end the game very quickly or you're being ground into dust. You, and
0: You can also just flash in the Xerath San for five man. I'm not saying that's good, but it is a yeah. thing you can do.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess, too, like, there are very powerful permanent cards in this format. Like it, it, this card in standard actually underperformed a lot because it didn't feel like it always had the best targets. Um, but targets kind of go bonkers in this format. And even just like, you know, getting fabled a lot of the time is going to feel quite good with this card. So uh, some good options here.
0: Yeah. I So if I were to build this deck, I would not include Zarasan. But yeah. I, I, I see what they're going for. It doesn't seem that terrible to me um leaning on the end of the story Jace stuff does not seem good enough without like it was ruin crab that basically made those cards very playable right and i, yeah. I don't think we're going hard enough to make them super good but in the context of small blue and black creatures with a bunch of disruption, it's like okay like that seems like a fine enough place in the format to be to me
1: yeah Maybe. I think I liked other approaches to this we saw earlier more than I like this particular. I, I just don't believe in Soaring Thought Thief and Thief's Guild Enforcer. That's what I come back to. Like, I just don't think those cards are good enough.
0: I think Thought Thief is pretty medium, but I do like Thief's Guild Enforcer quite a bit. Um, but obviously, you need support on top of it to make it, so it's actually a 3-2. Yes. But yeah. I it, like If you're looking for the cheap creatures to play in blue and black. You could do worse than the rogues, right? And I like thieves guild enforcer sure, and needing to play soaring thought thief on top of it much better than playing suspicious stowaway. Okay, because it also enables drown in the lock too, which the other deck did not have. Like they had to play make disappear instead. Yeah, uh,
1: that's that's fair. I mean that is a strong card for so, sure.
0: It, if I were to build rogues, my deck would probably be twenty cards different or whatever but I don't think that this is the worst thing you could be doing. Okay. All right. Uh, Scourge Alters, more goblins. This one, a little spicy. Got Fable of the Mirror Breaker, which is fine. Incredible card. Put it anywhere. Uh, probably can't get hurt all that much. This one has four Chain Whirlers, four Call of the Death Dwellers to return those Chain Whirlers. Maybe ones that you have traded away or discarded Mm -hmm. to Fable. Give it a Death Touch counter. Another thing pointing towards the format being more about playing to the board. Also three copies of Touch of Moonglove which is B instant. Dark creature gets plus one plus so and gains Death Touch until end of turn. And you know some other stuff. But like very much trying to just like Death Touch a Chain Whirler in our Goblins deck.
1: Yeah. uh, You know we've been down this road before and if the format is about making battlefields and setting up a bunch of creatures, then these things are quite good. I don't think this format is about that, but maybe just like that with a decent clock tacked onto it and some weird card advantage sources in the form of horde master. Like at least I see a reason to play this deck over the other goblins deck, which was just like, here's my goblins. Yeah. I sure hope they're good enough.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I would go this far. And generally, if the format is about playing to the board, then Chain Whirler on its own is going to end up being pretty good. Like, yeah, maybe you could also play Call of the Death Dweller or whatever, but Touch of Moon Club is just so bad.
1: It's not a strong card, that's for sure.
0: It is not. I mean, I guess you can kind of combo it with Fanatical. Fire well, how were how, how we
1: doing this before? Like, what what was the thing in Standard? I don't, I'm blanking uh, on
0: it. Stature Statue
1: right 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 right
0: and then and then we got call of the death dweller uh like right after chain whirler rotated i think
1: Mm, that
0: sounds correct uh but yeah it was a thing you could do with mayhem devil right so
1: yes yes for sure
0: Anyway, getting some sleep vibes from this, from Touch of Moon Glove, just saying.
1: Uh, I understand.
0: All right, Skepa SG. Uh, This this is maybe the new hotness from what I've seen looking at deck lists. This is Transmogrify, Atraxa, but also Ractos. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, I don't know, got some random, like, Kaitos and Shark Typhoons in there. So, yeah. Grixis, Transmogrify, but very rakdos with, like, Bankbusters and Fables and whatnot.
1: Okay. So, playing a few game plans here and probably doing it pretty well. I mean, this looks a lot like the standard deck sidestepped into more consistent shells for Pioneer, which is cool. I, it seems like it's still powerful enough for standard. Like, I, I'm not really doubting what's going on here, and the attracts here are quite a bit better than they were in some of the other decks we saw, and you're getting hits all over the place. So this deck should be just as consistent about putting together those turn four attracts. So yeah, this this seems completely fine to me.
0: Yeah, I don't mind this at all. Uh, also get to play the Gigantha, if you care about that.
1: I don't. I'm more excited that I get to play Thoughtseize and Fatal Push. Like, that's just great. Yeah, i am in. I'm in my lane. No, this Blurry is it. Here.
0: This is kind of what you're talking about. Like thoughtsies, fatal push, transmogrify stuff. It's like, yeah, the the hive mind has made it happen.
1: Yep. Seems good.
0: Uh, Evan for real.
1: blue. No, white. I'm not talking about that. You keep showing me this deck. I'm not talking about the blue white deck. We've been I, over I
0: swear they're all different people. They're definitely not the same person with different screen names.
1: Ten accounts.
0: Uh, this one doesn't have laid-out arms, so I can excuse, uh, having a lot of non-basic lands in your mana base, but... Same deck. Okay, Trash Boat 100. Uh, Boros, target my stuff to pump my stuff.
1: Like feather without feathers.
0: It's like you had a Lurus Companion.
1: Yeah. But instead, it's Gigantha. But, But you don't. That's the problem. If only you had Loris, I would buy this deck. I would totally believe this was good enough.
0: I I started putting this together at the height of Mono Green
1: because
0: mm-hmm. it looked okay. I no longer think that this is okay. I think that there are okay. much better ways to go about this.
1: I think Ancestral Anger is a very very strong card.
0: It is quite good, yeah.
1: But that's as far as I'll go.
0: Yep. Uh, R. Rosansky, is it? creativity gear Hulk. no we did this divide by zero magma opus murex cool okay uh young toast uh oh okay yeah I, it's my rap name i huh that's it's my rap name okay uh i i just wrote down this deck list the other night actually um because i was i was like i think something like this could be good uh this is fires mm-hmm. of invention transmogrify into Atraxa. a uh, this one is also Urian. This also has the Orzov invasion that reanimates a permanent and also has an invasion of Alara to do stuff. Uh, there, there's just some stuff with this deck that I don't particularly like where it's like, do we need to play Urian? Is Birth of Meletus a playable magic card? You know, stuff along those lines.
1: Yeah, I I think one begets the other, right? Like, that's how we've gotten to this point. It does, absolutely. And I, I agree with you. I don't really see the appeal. Like, this deck, when I first started looking at it, I'm like, oh, this must be, like, a Karuga deck because everything costs three or greater. It's not... It's, it's a Urien deck, no. and it just feels like this yeah, you can be need, a little leaner.
0: <laughs> you need Birth of Miletus, man. You can't play yeah. with Birth of Melitas, clearly.
1: Well, that is true. I mean, there are like Chains of the Rocks, and there, there's four Chain to the Rocks and, bitter and the uh, Bitter Reunion as well. So it, it, it's not quite that far, but I'm just saying in terms of like when you're actually starting to interact with your opponent, you take your time with this deck for sure. And I don't know that I want to introduce 80 cards into that level of inconsistency.
0: I will say that this is another four-bitter reunion deck, and you do have a World Spine Worm in the sideboard in case you want to actually, like, clock them. The thing that I do like about this is the two Sire of Insanities in the sideboard, though.
1: Okay, yeah, that's a cool one to see show up. And I I was a big believer in this card for a long time.
0: Yeah, and I think that more of these creativity decks could take advantage of this, where you're talking about, you know, for example, the Hulk versions, right? Where you're like, oh, I have to, like, sideboard out creativity because it's just like too slow and you don't have a window and blah 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 and that's because it doesn't outright kill them <clears throat> so at what point do you actually like get to use this thing well it just shifts your game plan to i need to shut them down in the short term and then just resolve yeah. creativity and then yep. they're just ko'd probably
1: yep is going to beat a lot of decks in this format straight up i think so
0: yeah I- I'm-, I'm specifically thinking about like lotus field but yeah just yep. o- other decks in general yes and then I don't know. You still have stuff like uh, Narset that can chill in play or Fable or whatever. So you still have some stuff going on. Uh, even after the Sire resolves, it's not like, all right, mind twist us both. Hope you don't draw an answer to this thing because then we're in a top deck war or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, no, that is cool. Yeah.
0: I, I think Sire is excellent. Uh, next up, Squirtle19. Number 19 of the Squirrel Squad. Uh Urian Mono White Midrange. Uh I don't think I have anything nice to say about
1: this deck. It's my kind of nonsense, but I would like to do it in a lower powered environment yes. than Pioneer.
0: Charming Prince, Ambitious Farmhand, Spirited Companion, Sarah Paragon, Elishnorn, Mother of Machines. This is like one of those decks where it's like, yeah, if, you're, if your metagame is entirely like Rakdos or maybe Mono Green or whatever, maybe this is good. But there there's just other things in the format where it's like, is it and Lotus yep. Field and whatever. It's just like, I can't imagine thinking that this is like a good deck to play into those, you know?
1: No, I, I agree with you
0: 100%. It just needs something. It needs, you know. Wh- I think we've talked about this in terms of modern or whatever, but it's like these, these white decks just have like no game. Uh, uh I think it was in context of like the white remand going to modern, right? Where it's just mm. like that doesn't solve the issue, but it but it helps, right? It gives you yeah. something. And like that's exactly what you need.
1: Yeah. Probably a little bit more than that, though. Yes. Even even in Pioneer, I think.
0: Uh uh Gazerma, Neoform, Atraxa. This is. The, like, starter version with Hooting Mandrels and Tassiker, uh, I think the later versions, I think they got rid of Hooting Mandrels. It was, they kind of, like, got rid of one of the delve cards to, like, play some Soul Flayers as a pseudo backup plan, but also still allow you to have the six mana delve thing to Neoform into Atraxa. And I kind of okay. like those ones better, but this is still fine.
1: Yeah. This deck seems very... A plus B, and when you do that, it probably feels very good. When you don't, you reconsider your life decisions.
0: Right, so. but you also get to play, like, Thoughtsy's Fatal bush. you have Stubborn Denial,
1: so... Good cards.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I do like having that angle of attack for the format because it gives you a lot of game against, you know, for example, the stuff that I said that Mono White was not good against, mm-hmm.
1: so mm-hmm. just starting from... Yeah, that's why, that's why Black forms the backbone of a lot of these... Yeah. Archetypes.
0: Absolutely. So I, I like being able to start from there. It's like it's automatically gonna move you up like a slot or two in my tier list. Yeah. Uh Regis hanger forty nine, more waste knots, uh, no root of inscription, so a little bit lighter on discard. And yeah, four shield, red, two bankbuster, so a little less waste knot nonsense, a little bit more mono black midrange. So I, I kinda like this. This is like a better fusing of the two, I think. What are you typing?
1: I just want to know how much Waste Not costs. Oh, jeez,
0: It costs one and a B. Uh,
1: it is it is presently $10 on StarCityGames.com for the Magic 2015 version. For the Magic 2015 foil, it is $30. Of course. And for Commander 2016, $10. Look at that. A very normal number of cards available for Waste Not.
0: Yeah, and $10 despite being, I wanted to say, recently reprinted, and then I was like, oh, that's seven years ago.
1: Yeah, that's not recent. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's been a while, actually. this This card could be prone to a spike very soon. This is my hot financial tip of the day.
0: No, the problem is it could buy
1: also, buy on it, waste not buy buy buy. It could also be prone to a reprint at any point. Yes, and then, and then buy buy buy, and then next week sell sell sell. That's the way you have to do it these days. Which is why I don't participate in this game anymore. Too much work. Yes.
0: All right, IP Show, Boros, uh Burning Tree Emissary, venerated Loxodon, night mm-hmm. errant of Eos.
1: Eight Loxodon's baby, we're doing it.
0: Seven locks, seven
1: locks. Uh seven Loxodon, okay.
0: Yeah, gleeful demolition. Uh we kind of talked about this.
1: It's like yeah. is this
0: a thing you could be doing or should be doing?
1: It's a thing you can five-o league with, and that's all I really wanted it to be. So, hats off to IP Show.
0: Yeah. Reckless bushwhacker. Let's go uh succulents more fires of invention enigmatic incarnation uh basically just four color with one raffine sour i feel like we talked about
1: exactly this yeah this is the same deck
0: okay uh yeah, finally good god uh a Hubbard humans but with some black for dire tactics Uh, i wouldn't say it's like just for dire tactics
1: because yeah there's blood blood soak champion as well yeah
0: because i I almost made this point earlier when we were talking about, like, ossification. It's like, I've seen lists that do splash, and the card that they splash for is Dire Tactics as the removal spell, and this only kills creatures.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, granted, instant speed, so I guess there's, like, some upside there or whatever, but it's like, is ossification the best thing? It's like, yeah, kind of. Yeah,
1: it's close. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think, like, the strain, and it's not a huge strain, but it is a strain on your mana base is actually worth the upgrade here like it's just not that much of an upgrade
0: no it's not uh but you do get blood champion which is maybe a slightly better one drop and then you get things like campbell in the sideboard for combo things so
1: i get it yeah but the combo things are bringing in like some way to answer your creatures that's what they do post board and i just wish i had a a different way to try and stop their combo things than another creature
0: Yeah, but the problem is you bring in, like, a Thoughtseize or whatever, and a lot of their stuff is just redundant anyway,
1: so... Yeah, Uh, that's why they're decent decks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think that this, like, solves the problem, really, and if I were playing white human things, rather than trying to find ways to, like, beat up on combo, I would rather try and solidify the Rakdos matchup and then address combo through other means whether it's like curse of silence or whatever you know yeah you can do that in in just mono white and yeah
1: find some hammers for those matchups instead yeah i agree with all right
0: that's it that's a million pioneer deck lists
1: well i now know everything i need to know about pioneer and when i think about attending that next tournament i am 1% 1% more likely to do so because of this crash course you have given me.
0: Well, okay, so here's here's the thing. This is sort of why I want to talk about Pioneer, is to give like the general overview. And what I feel is happening now is a thing that just tends to happen in Pioneer where it doesn't stay the format of the two ships passing in the night sort of combo-y decks for very long. Mm. Inevitably, it goes back to a place where there is interaction, people are playing to the board, and I don't know if that's out of people just like getting sick of playing Lotus Field against (laughs) Mono Green or whatever, but the format is in uh, a good place, uh, at least from what I appreciate right now, where there's a lot of creature decks, a lot of interaction, not a whole lot of the... Uh, I don't know, just like linear, no interaction combo decks or whatever. So that is Mm -hmm. cool. But I also think that when it comes to crunch time, like for the RC in a few weeks, that that is going to change again.
1: I think so too. Uh, We saw a lot of that in like Modern's early years as well, where we would, everyone would pretend like Modern was this cool, fair format, and we'd play John decks against each other, and then Pro Tours would come, and it's like, how do I find the best way not to interact with you? Yeah, everyone's playing and Tron or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Tron, ad nauseum, uh, Storm, just like for years and years, we did that same pattern over and over and over. Uh, and I think Pioneer will do the same thing.
0: Yeah, so for right now, it looks like, oh, you know, things like rogues or like, is it Alron's <clears throat> excuse me, dying after two hours of talking? Uh, is it. Alrin's Epiphany type stuff. It's like you can play these like fair to the board decks, like blue eye control or whatever. And it's like I I would be very skeptical of that, you know? Uh, I think the, the litmus test still definitely exists. And when people uh, sit down and try to find like the best deck to play for a big tournament with a lot on the line, they are more willing to register things like mono green or Lotus. They think it's going to give them the the best chance to win, you know? And at that point, you know, fires of invention, a Traxo with no interaction is not going to be a good choice. Like we've we've seen this already. It's already happened.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: But yeah, for right now, if if you're battling in like challenges or leagues or whatever, it's like, yeah, you're, you're free to just mess around with like some, mid-range deck that beats the other mid-range decks and I think that that's cool that's a good place to be and the format can go back to that during like the rcq season right but for the rcs and and the pro tours and stuff you have to be a a little bit more ready to deal with people who are just there to kill you you know
1: yeah I, I mean I think it's spot on and I I think back to like attending uh, the first round of RCs with my Lotus Field deck, and being told how bad my deck was and how unplayable it was, and how nobody plays Lotus Field, and me just chortling to myself inside and <laughs> thinking about like how people are just consenting to be nice to you. They won't forever, and they will not interact with you, and they will kill you. And if you prepare for that now, you're probably better off.
0: Yeah, it was like Legacy had the that thing for a while too where it's like you could play a bunch of like really messed up combo decks but there there was this uh you know quote unquote gentleman's agreement to only play like delver or yeah maverick right and it's just like if there was a legacy pro tour the format would look a whole hell of a lot different
1: yes right for sure
0: so that's it keep that in mind um but for for rcqs for moto for just general mucking about go out there have fun i i do think that like pioneer last few releases have been very good has gotten to a good place just need better ways to uh, address those combo decks you know and make sure that they they show up occasionally on weeks when they are in fact well positioned and not when people just forget that they exist because they got bored of them and didn't you know want to pretend
1: like they didn't exist i don't know yep exactly right
0: that's it man all right it's nap time well i got okay. correction i have to feed my cats then it's nap time
1: yes that's why you got bunted earlier because they knew you were gonna forget that
0: was not the last time he was just like 20 minutes later he's like yo just checking in
1: yeah <laughs> you know? just making sure he didn't forget
0: yeah he's, he's on the ground looking up at me right now he's like i see you moving you're like you're getting up does that mean
1: getting close getting close to food time oh man
0: all right that's it game okay
1: Good luck.